Hello, listening people. Hello! <laughs> yes! This is Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces, and I am Ryan. And I am Bartek Zawinski. Oh, and we are Spit and Polish. Likingly, because we're always spitting, and yes, we both happen to be Polish! <laughs> yes! Why all the fanfare? Why all the fun? Why did Bartek flinch when I did that? Many questions are going to be... I flinched for the audience, Ryan. <laughs> because this is our 100th episode of Unappreciated Masterpieces. It's been 100 glorious episodes of talking about films that need to be talked about. Films that deserve a discussion. Films that deserve a feature-length commentary in which we delve deep into the discussion about why these films are unappreciated and why they are masterpieces. Bartek, how's it feel to be 100 episodes in? Yeah, good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. You don't want you don't want to boast too hard. I mean, some people out there would have said you guys aren't going to make it to 100, and guess what? We proved you wrong. Yep. And proved you wrong. Yeah, we <laughs> And we're losing you at episode 100 with all the party vers. No, we're actually gaining people. They call the ASMR viewers, in which they are the people who just love... Who like the quiet talking and all that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they like noises. They, they like they like this noise. A lot. So we went to the party and there was some party blues there. <laughs> and um, I blew one and, and kept happening and... <laughs> this will be the, the whole episode. And the... <laughs> The microphone kept clipping and... Actually, it hasn't clipped when we've been doing this. I've been seeing it go red. You're a liar! I'm not. And you know what? A hundred episodes of glorious entertainment and I'm so glad that we have made it to this milestone. You know, on our show, we've covered many, many different genres of films, many different types of films, films that we've seen before, films we've never even heard of before, films that some of us have loved before, some of us have hated in the past, but the thing they all have in common is we love them now. They are our top 100 films of all time. Every single film we've covered is in our collection, you know? And that's really Which special. Which number 32? Oh, well, I don't want to brag, but I actually know this. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, you you were like prepared for me to give you a real answer. I was be like, oh, is it Meek Dave? Or like, what is it? <laughs> no, no. But we are covering a film today. And what could the film be, Bartek? We watched the film yesterday, Ryan. Yeah, but I don't know until you tell me. Oh, right, right. Well, 100 <laughs> episodes in, doesn't know what the format is. Yeah. Typical, Unofficially typical. 101, too. So, you know, we really should know it. <laughs> uh, the film that we are doing today is... Zebra's Croissant. Ah, Zebra's Croissant. I love that film. It's my favourite French film with René Zellweger. That's a my good film, My favourite French actress. That's a good film, right? but I didn't say Zebra's Croissant. Oh, what did you say? Zebra's Croissant. Oh, Zebra's Croissant. Sorry, sorry. I, I nearly fucked that up there. It's all about whether you pronounce Zebra or Zebra, you know? Um... Like I said, my favorite Rene Zellweger movie of all time, right up there next to Bridget Jones's Baby, you know, right next to it. So Ryan, that's the film we're covering. Yeah, woo! 
Ryan, hold on. You just said that the hundred films that we've done are in your top 100, and Renee Zellweger was in one of them, and you're saying that this film that we haven't done on the show is in your one of your favourite films? Yeah. So shouldn't that not be the case? Shouldn't you be saying that oh, Empire oh. Records is your favourite Renee Zellweger film? Oh, well, well, I, it's implied by our episode on Empire Records. Is that so? What are we doing? It didn't go red that time, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened there. Just blowing. Job to blow. <clears throat> the movie Zebra's Classon, believe it or not, Ryan, is the Polish title of the film. Oh, then I don't speak it. Speak- oh, you don't speak. Oh. No, a hundred episodes, and I haven't learned a singular word of Polish. Re- it's upsetting to hear. I know tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. I'll remember that in episode one hundred and one. You will. And- Oh man, I can't wait for an episode 102 where we cover 102 Dalmatians. Okay. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. Mm. There's going to be a listener who will be listening to that 100 second you know, episode Ryan, and that's not going to be the film we cover. Well, you know, Ryan, it's 100, 100 episodes in. We haven't really done a fully animated film yet on Unappreciated Masterpieces. Soz. Soz, guys. I was, talking, no, I was talking about the live action one with Glenn Close. Oh, well, there we go. Just keep it going. <laughs> we do have some on the list. We just haven't gotten around to them. What's the film? I don't speak The Polish. film's on the list? Yeah. Oh, the film we're doing today. Yeah. Zebras Klasom? Obviously, it's Zebra's Classification. Oh, my favourite! I love that film! I love it! That's also my favourite... Also known favorite. as Zebra's Denomination. Oh, my favourite religion! <laughs> I, re- I worship that cult! Woo! Oh, wait, that's just the Polish localised title. The actual Western title is Racing Stripes. Racing Stripes from Racing 2005 Stripes. with Frankie Muniz. Yes. Are you are you fucking serious? No, really, it's not. Are you fucking it's, serious? It's that... not pronounced Muniz. It's actually Muniz. Are you serious? Wow, it's so like well thought out this episode because you know what? Frankie was in our first ever episode, Big Fat Liar. He was, and he's been in several others, and yeah. now he's in this one. It's like one of us, not going to name names, thought maybe this should be the one hundredth episode. Jesus, next you're going to tell me that Will Brooks is the guest. Because <laughs> he was the guest in the first episode. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Bartek, could you introduce the guest? <laughs> Jesus, right. Look, I, I know it's not going to be Will Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Will Brooks. Whoa, it's Will Brooks from Big Fat Liar. This is the part where he's what silent and he says something. twist. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to state for the record that Will and I are loving these party blowers or whatever they're called, and Bardzog is just dying on the inside every time we grab them and blow them. It's because I'm thinking about the listening people. Ah, <laughs> oh, I saw the microphone go red on that first one. No one cares. Only baby boy Bartek. Now, you guys aren't like baby boy Bartek. You guys, there is no one, Ryan. They've left. You're a fucking liar. This is 100 episodes of greatness. You guys, if you don't know the routine, here it is. You have to get a legal copy of the film Racing Stripes from 2005 because we are going to do a commentary along with the film. I'm going to do a countdown. When I say play, you're going to press play and we're going to be synced up with the film, hopefully. We're going to be talking about what's happening, what isn't happening. We're going to be talking about lots of things, you know, so... We're going to just get into it, guys. This is Racing Stripes. So get ready, because we're going to start this in three, two, one, play. Ah, here we go. One second in. Two seconds. Three. Ah. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's got our boy. It's got our boy. It's got our boy Snoop Dogg's in the film. Yeah, it's got a lot, it's got a lot of our boys. It's got 
many boys and some girls. Yeah, so all you ladies out there that want to see ladies. Will, do you like the girls in the film? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not a Pokemon? Is it? Yeah. What does it look like? You know Wobbuffet? Yes. It's the baby version of Wobbuffet. So, like, baby Liam Neeson? It doesn't look like Liam Neeson, does it? Yeah, what? Wobbuffet, the Master Jedi from what? Phantom Menace. Qui-Gon Jinn? Oh, I don't need a name. Sorry. I got my... <laughs> Close what enough. What are you thinking of? Boba Fett. Boba Fett. And he's not a giant. He's a fucking bounty hunter and his dad's name's Jango Fett. Yeah. He's from New Zealand. So, apparently... Now, this is the film Racing Stripes. We're starting on a great piece of mise-en-scene here in which we know that this is a woman because she's wearing thigh-high boots and she's wearing a skirt. We also got a quick glimpse of breasts in the shot which is, you know, great Lord the ape Well, that could be a girl ape, I didn't see the genitalia but I did see censored out nipples which in western society usually means woman mm. You know, I'm not I'm not the one who decided that I'm not the one who's censoring female nips Ryan likes nips I love nips, if you want to know more about Ryan's love for nips in our 100 episodes of, you know, the show, check out Snow Day. I talk about nips extensively in that one, mm-hmm. and pretty much every episode. I always try and include a little bit of nip action and a little bit of talking about finger blasting. Yeah, thanks for that. No problem. So, Will. <laughs> yes, Ryan? William Brooks. You were on our first ever episode, and it was the first time for you and I that we had podcasted before. Yep. Ever. Bartek, you weren't new to podcasting when we started this nope. show. You had done it before. I, I was the Jedi Master in that episode. Well, you've appeared on the show several times since then. Um, now having to cover a, yet another Frankie film. This is the third Frankie Muniz for him to have covered. And, yes. uh, this is the, this is the third one for you. How does it feel now after 100 episodes to be talking about Frankie Muniz? Well, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it takes me back. I have a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings about big fat liar. And it's, it's good to still be here. Unfortunately, I'm still not any good at podcasts, but Hey, what can you do? We're learning. We're learning as we grow. You I know? never stop learning. Yeah, you were pretty shit in Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, don't you oh, fucking dare. Snap. <laughs> snap. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Bartek. But you're doing great this time. You are already a podcast expert, but now we're 100 episodes in doing Racing Stripes. Mm-hmm. How does it feel? Do you feel like the king of podcasts? Oh, Ryan, look, I've got many warm and fuzzy feelings about Frankie Muniz. Do <laughs> you do? Yeah. Where? In my heart. In your heart. And that's called... On the inside. That's called too much cholesterol. And Frankie, that's a part of his syndrome. And, you know, I obviously, you know, I feel like the king of podcasts. And I feel like Frankie has been the key to that, you know. Do you have warm and fuzzy feelings? I'll get to that. I have warm, fuzzy feelings, yes. But what I'm going to say is Frankie Muniz has really been the key to our success as a podcast. You know, everyone knows Frankie and they all love Frankie. Frankie was such a great actor. And this is really his last film in terms of when he was at this age bracket. You know, the Frankie Muniz era we've talked about on the show is from 2000 to 2005. This came out in 2005. And this is really his last 
feature film in which he is the, I guess, leading role in his childlike age. He went on to do other movies and stuff. You know, he appeared as Buddy Holly in Dewey Cox, uh, you know, and, and he did a few other cameo roles, but he's kind of retired away from acting, so I feel it's really nice that we are covering his real last big film for him, and it's a real excellent film, Racing Stripes. If you haven't seen it before, which I guess I'll get into our histories of the film, I had never seen this movie before having to do it for the show. Of course, I was aware of its existence, I wasn't completely blind, but there is a blind spot to everyone in the Frankie Muniz catalogue. You know, for me, it was everything but Malcolm in the Middle and uh, and Big Fat Liar, basically. Well, everything but most of Big Fat Liar, because you never saw the beginning. Yeah, I never saw the first 15 minutes of Big Fat Liar, you're right. So, uh, like, let's say 80 to 90% of Big Fat Liar and Malcolm in the Middle was my Munez, you know, era. Mm. I never watched the Agent Cody Banks until having to do this show. And I never had to watch Racing Stripes. But that doesn't mean I wasn't aware of them. And boy, am I glad that I finally got to check out Racing Stripes. You know, I know that this film is held very dear to a lot of people's hearts and to a lot of people's childhoods. What about you, Bartek? Was this a part of your childhood? Did you go see this at the cinema? Um, well, this came out 2005. You know, I was about 12 years old then, so I would have loved it then. Um, I had it on VHS. It's, I think it's the last ever VHS my family's ever bought. Are they going to say ever made? Imagine that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the, no, no. the assembly line. It's like, here is the last one. <laughs> it's just racing stripes. So you have it on VHS? Huh? Yeah, I watched it once for sure. I don't know if it was bought for me or for my little brother, who would have been like, I don't know, six at the time. But, you know, I, I know I definitely watched it at least once. Didn't remember too much about it, but I know I liked it. Oh. <sighs> That's fantastic. What about you, William Brooks? Oh, one time we watched it in primary school. Oh, wow. I, I, I don't recall too much, but sometimes it takes time for a truly great film to seep into you and you've got to watch it again years down the line. You're right. It really does take time to seep in. Yeah, it seems like, you know, this is a film that a lot of people hold very, very dear to their hearts. And it's a genre of film which I want to call the talking animal genre. In which you have real animals and their lips have been enhanced to... Lips and mouths have been enhanced to make it, like, that they speak. This is no, obviously... Bruce Greenwood was actually talking about him. Bruce Greenwood? Yeah. I don't know who Bruce Green is. but I said Bruce Greenwood. I thought he said... Oh! oh. <laughs> what? I, his name is Bruce Greenwood, but I thought you said Bruce Greenwood. Like, like, W... O-U-L-D. Like, like, he would teach them. Okay. That's what I thought you said. That's not what I said. Yeah, but we'll play it back one day and you'll be like, oh, I get it. I get what you're saying now. Ryan was wrong. I was 100% right. So Bruce Greenwood is in this film. He's Mm -hmm. the daddy figure. Yeah, I was making the joke that he's not an animal, but then you have to mishear me, so... Uh, Misunderstand. Yeah. So, um... Here's Snoop Dogg in his second appearance on our show. Mm-hmm. And he plays a literal dog in this movie, which is perfect casting. Come on, guys. Let's give a round of applause to the casting directors. Ooh. Great job. Great job. Great job, guys. Great job. Hey, guys. Take a drink every time Bartek mentions the microphone. You're going to have a fun Take time a by the end every of the time I remember the early days of the podcast where Ryan was really strict on not making it go red. <laughs> 
So things change. Yeah. Things change. A hundred episodes in, and I'm still watching Frankie. But this time round, I do have an erection by his voice, unlike in Big Fat Liar, where you asked me about his sexuality, and I said, what, what, what sexuality? In this film, I really understand what you're talking about now. 100 episodes later, and I actually do understand the raw sexual magnetism mm. of Frankie Muniz. And when you saw this film as a child, obviously... No, no, now I'm seeing it now. Mm, because you didn't see it as a child. I didn't see it as a child, but now as an adult, I'm seeing it, and I'm like, ooh... Because my blood's rushed so hard that I have to, like, I'm kind of winded by, Ryan, by it all. not only is Frankie Muniz back... Oh, everyone's back. There's another person in this film who's back. Who? And another. And, and another. another, another. <laughs> this film is nothing but a reunion tour for pretty much most actors. Like, for a good portion of actors we've had in previous episodes and previous films. This film is 95% actors we have seen before and had long conversations yes. about before. Ryan, l- listen, I did, a, I, did a qui- I did many quizzes for this film. And because Bartek's obsessed with being an academic. One of the quizzes that I did had a question. I didn't include it in the thing, but it's now that you've mentioned that you know so many people have returned. The question was who played Stripes in the film, and obviously <sighs> the answer is Frankie Muniz. Fun fact: pronounced Muniz. Uh, that was fun. But all the three wrong answers were also actors that have been in things. Even there was like Lindsay Lohan and Little Bow Wow and someone else. They've all been. Yeah, we have had Little Bow Wow, haven't we? Yes. Well, in the episode, we're not counting for the hundred episodes, ironically. Oh, wow. But yes. I forgot about Little. Uh, yeah. So everyone's been in here before. Yep. Oh, great. Did they crowded. have? Did they have Will Smith as an option? Because we haven't had Will on the show, have we? We have had Will Smith on the show, but no. Oh, well, we have, have we? I'm Winter right Tales. here. Fuck yeah, that's right, he was Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Will Smith's Satan. Yes, the devil. Yeah, Lucifer. So, so any other quizzes you want to quiz us on at the moment? Ryan, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven quiz questions. You want to hit us with one right now? Uh, there's one that's... Okay, so look, I did I did like three quizzes for this film, and I've included the best of the best. Yes! There was one Ooh. quiz that was Ooh. like, you know, ten questions. Baby's first quiz. I got 100%. No problem. But one... And they were all like base questions, like, who played this character? What did this character look like? Blah, blah, blah. But then there was one that... It was a true or false question that really... Mm. I don't know why it was there. Okay, go on. <clears throat> And th- this is verbatim. Will, prepare yourself. I need to stretch my brain. <laughs> God. And this was the fifth question, too. It wasn't like, you know, starter or ender. Okay. Crispy wafer and chewy caramel covered in peanuts, raisins, and Cadbury milk chocolate. True or false? <laughs> Can I read that? Uh, wait, Very it? top. Okay. So, Will... Question number five. Crispy wafer and chewy caramel covered in peanuts, raisins, and Cadbury milk chocolate. This was, this was one of the ten questions in this quiz. True or false? Yes. <laughs> was well, the true answer or true? true or false? He said yes, I, meaning true. True was the correct answer. Well, I'm glad that we nailed that one down. Yeah, that, you that, know what? You could apply that to any film <laughs> and it would work if you wanted it to. Was what that food? Was that food they fed him at I one point? No. Was that was that Italian? So here's something I want to talk about before we quiz each other on more epic quizzes. Mm-hmm. I had never grown up with this film. I'd never seen this film before, but I did have an idea of what this film was about. Yes. I knew it was about this particular animal is a zebra. 
Mm-hmm. And he is a race horse. That's all I knew, right? So you have the cover. It's very iconic. You have the long face and he has so like, like the, the luchador looking mask. Yeah, the luchador looking mask with the blinders and all that kind of stuff. It's like bright and colorful and has all these wacky voices in it, like all these great actors. Mm. And and I knew it was a talking animal film like Babe and, and you know, Dr. Doolittle and all those great films. You know, and I thought this. Okay, so I grew up in a small rural town with a race course down the road. I lived down the road from the from a horse race track. Just like this character. This and character and I thought, okay, I saw in my local video rental store growing up a huge, and I mean seven foot tall cutout. In, in in my local video rental store that was sitting there for three years of the zebra in this film with the young girl, Hayden... Uh, Panettiere? on top of him, and she's holding, like, a riding crop and a trophy in her hand. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is about, like, they're going to do, like, lots of racing and stuff. And here was my thought of what the movie was going to be. I thought for some reason that this was set in the city. Mm-hmm. Which I'm dead wrong already. Yep. And I thought it was these eccentric rich people who are trying to be like your racing people have got like a, a, a zebra and they're like, let's race a zebra and it's going to be like the best racer ever. It's going to be the fastest, yeah, yeah. the bestest. I see what you're saying. And yeah. I thought, oh, for some reason I was like, it's going to be in the city because, you know, she was like this little blonde haired girl. Like, oh, she's a rich girl. That's what I thought. And, and I went, oh, okay. I imagine they're going to do all this and there's going to be, like, social class, like, classism and all this. Like, oh, a Jamaican bobsled team? Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. What is this, some kind of suicide squad? And, you know, and I thought... I thought through like, the whole movie, okay, where do the animal activists go to rock up and ruin the simple dream of racing her pet zebra uh-huh, okay. in the races? And I thought that's what the central thrust of the film was going to be. But little did I know, it was about animal racism. Yeah. I didn't know that's that. That's accurate. That's 100%. You know, I'm not saying that this film's an allegory for the Jim Crow era of America, but it kind of is. Well, it's all there in black and white. Literally, literally, will. But that's what I thought when I walked into this film. I thought, okay, I had this constructed idea of what the film was going to be since I was a child. And I knew it was going to be a talkie movie. I didn't know if it was going to be one of those ones where humans could understand the animals or one of those ones where the animals can understand humans, but they're keeping it a secret, like in Cats and Dogs and, and, and all of that, where they're keeping it a secret that they are organized and, and sentient and all that. But this film doesn't play by that rule. It just plays like they can't understand humans and humans can't understand them, which I, I appreciated very much. Hmm. The well, can't understand their vocal... Uh, oh, yeah, they understand their yeah, yeah, yeah. body language and stuff. They can't understand. Like, when a human says something, yeah, there's, there's they can't say, oh, yeah, I heard I heard Bruce Greenwood said that he's going to, like, kill me or something. Yeah. And, and I think, like, even M. Emmett Walsh at one point says, like, oh, that zebra wants to race. He does say that yeah. in that exact tone of voice. That, that zebra wants that to race. So you guys grew up on this film, but it's well, been a I very ran into well. It yeah, you like... what? Yeah, it ran into you when you were at the racetrack betting on horses. Yeah, VHS. Uh, betting on a VHS. You're like, <laughs> go boy, go, and it didn't win. Go analog technology. Um, go. Uh, this is gonna beat Laserdisc <laughs> in 2005. <laughs> yeah. So. 
It's been a very long time since both of you guys have watched it. It sounds oh, like yeah, you haven't yeah. watched it since it came out. Well, since I got it on VHS, yeah. Which you said was, what, when you were like 12? I would have been, tw- yeah, 12. Yeah. Which is weird to think of. like. Which is over 10 years. Right, way over 10 years. So, what did you remember about the film? And did it stand up to what you had to watch again? I really didn't remember too much about the film. I, I remember that Frankie Muniz... Uh, played a zebra who wanted to be a racehorse. Mm. And I really didn't remember much more beyond that. I remember the cover. The cover, like you said earlier, is quite iconic. Yes, it is. He's wearing, like, the blue and yellow mask. Did you remember it was Frankie? I said that, yes. Oh, sorry. It's one of the few things I remembered about this film. Oh, Frankie Muniz plays a zebra. And so funny, because when you rewatch the... When you you have rewatched the film, and I'm watched it for the first time, Frankie's kind of barely in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. That was a a fun surprise. (laughs) Who knew David Spade would be in it more? Hmm. So, okay. Okay, what about you, William? Um, I watched it once in primary school, so some point back in the distant past. past. Yeah. And I didn't remember too much. It was I, was, I remember Frankie Muniz yeah. was in it, so there's that, that. Even though he's not in it a lot, he he sticks with you, like he does. It's a film that sticks. Can we give Frankie a round of applause? Come on, guys. He's really he's had a lot of good work in his career. polite clapping. Yes. Oh yes, he clipped it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Frankie's knocking it out of the park. Why do you think this is his last big film as a, a you know in his career? Like he's gone on to do other things as a leading man, but none of them are known. You know, why do you think this is the one that kind of you could say ended his career? Because he stopped. Well, yeah, no, he kind of kept going because Malcolm Middle went to 2006 and he did a couple of films. He kind of stopped around 2009. They gave him a microphone and a script and he said, "No." You know what I think it was? I think Ashton Kutcher pushed him too far in that Punked episode. There's an episode of Punked where Ashton Kutcher, like, ruins his car or something, and he gets so fucking angry. I feel like that ruined his, like, reputation. Because everyone thinks of Frankie... Everyone thought of Frankie Muniz as that... As a relatively nice kid, but then you saw him on Punked, and you're like, this guy's a fucking prick. And, you know... Ashton Kutcher really liked car pranks, didn't he? Because he did that Ashton to... Ashton Kutcher really likes lots of things. Because <laughs> I remember he did that to Wilma Vanderama as well. My favourite punk episode was when they got um, Justin Timberlake and they made it look like the IRS came to his house and even took his dog and he just phoned his mum and he kind of accepted it. He's kind of like, oh, okay. Okay, and he just sits on the ground and he's just like, okay, this is what's going to happen now. And he just fully accepts it. And I'm like, that seems like Justin Timberlake. Very adaptable. Brian, the, the zebra lost the race. No. Is it because he couldn't turn? It's because he, he was going too fast. And he couldn't turn properly. He just, he just yeah, slid. You just Dude, don't know gone. that you have to turn. It's like, it's, like, it's like Fast and Furious 3 all over again. Did they make sure that his inability to turn at the right time was a major backbone of his character development in the film? In a weird way. Where? In the sense that... In this scene here where he was given the chance to race, that was treated as this is your one shot. This is your one shot to prove yourself and he messed up because of something he didn't know. Now he knows it, but he's lost his one shot. Okay. So it's all about gaining another shot. Because he knows what he has to do now. He has the capability, but they're just not giving him another chance. 
He has to earn his right to to be in the real races. Fair enough. William. Yes, Ryan. Did you read the trivia for this film by any chance? No, no, I actually went blind on the trivia. But would you like to enlighten me? Bartek, did you read the trivia? Yeah, of course. My favourite piece of trivia involves uh, a female protagonist here. It's kind of hard to say just the protagonist. Channing. Because Racing Stripes himself is the protagonist and you have uh, Bruce Greenwood's the protagonist. Yeah, you have Channing Tatum. Uh, (laughs) She... She um got bucked off the zebra, yeah, and it like gave her a concussion, concussion and damaged her vertebrae. Yeah, was there a pinched nerve as well? Oh, hopefully. Well, I mean, not. if you got two damaged vertebrae, it's you not two, far to. It's not far. So she didn't really want to ride on it again, but they made her anyway. That's that that's quality. Part, but I can imagine that's that quality. Did they? Forbid her to talk about that, or was she allowed to be open about it? Right. Well, it's on IMDb. She, she, she's, she's, you know, she's the cheerleader from Heroes, so she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Well, you know, you know what they say: save the cheerleader, save the world. That's what I know well, her from. Right, that was Man of the House. That was true. That's what I know the, the, you know, Hayden from. She's the cheerleader from. Uh, Heroes, the TV show that only has one good season and then automatically shoots itself in the fucking face mm. continuously for the other three seasons. Uh, I know her from that and literally nothing else. And now I've seen her in this and I went, oh, look, it's the cheerleader from Heroes. Okay. I mainly know her because she plays a character in the Kingdom Hearts games. Otherwise. Oh, who does she play? She plays one of the major. Like characters unique to the game. Oh, so, so she like, doesn't play Jeffrey not, Rush. She, she's not a she's not a well, Disney. Was she wasn't a Disney or Square character. <laughs> oh, she should have played the cheerleader from Heroes. Is that owned by Disney? It's owned by Fox. So oh, Kingdom Hearts Three. Disney. Hope you have a Heroes world. <laughs> it would be weird if they didn't have. This was a weird shot. Sorry, sorry. That was a weird <laughs> shot where it shows the penguins. Um, penguins. The pelicans' feet. I actually stopped the film for a little bit and was like, oh, okay, because I watched the scene out. It didn't lead to anything. Well, he was stepping and then back, I, right? Yeah, but then I rewound it. And I'm like, okay, so a gratuitous shot of the feet. I guess it's indicating that he's stepping backwards, but I was looking at it like, ooh, does he have, like, an artificial foot and they're going to make, like, something, like, you know, with a lot of these kind of movies as well, you have the... Prejudice is a, a platform that takes many, you know, there's many different ways of prejudice. And this could have been like his character is disabled and he's like, yeah, I've been having prejudice well, I guess against were, me. But and no, it's the other way around. He's making fun of uh, Tucker's short stature. Yeah, exactly. And now he poops, which is his talent. No, but right, it's his flaws that he misses. Yeah, because he's he's got sight problems, you know, and that's... Really oh, he hit Reggie. Right in the eye. Ryan, I've got a quiz question about Reggie. Cool. Give me it, bruh. It's it's the second of the what are you talking about kind of quiz questions. Oh, the rest I'm, of them excited. Are I'm excited. Will, you're going to give the answer right on this one, I bet you. Who play... No. <laughs> Who plays Reggie? Oh, well, um, Jeff Fox. Was it Hayden... Panettiere? No. Was it Mandy Moore? No. Or was it Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> <laughs> no. But in the quiz, what did you think was the right answer? I can't remember. <laughs> that's something that's very crucial. Yeah, I, I don't know. Wait, wait. Do they think that they meant they wrote down Franny? I but they put idea. down Reggie? 
Well, all the three actresses are in the film, so it couldn't be anyone. Because, well, well, this is a film... I, Will, Will has politely printed out characters' names, and this is a film where it has characters that do have EE names kind of a lot, like, you know... You know, it has, you know, it has, uh, you know, Reggie and Franny and Sandy and, you know, a whole bunch of those kind of ones that you could kind of go, oh, okay, so this is this guy, right. Man, I would have nailed that quiz, I reckon. Well, you nailed this next question, Ryan. Okay, well, we're going to get this right. (laughs) Which film was promoted with the line, his stripes made him an outcast? His heart made him a hero. Well, keep, I would think on, keep, on the racing mind, stripes mind, quiz. Keep in mind, this is literally a racing stripes quiz. So is the answer A, racing stripes, no. B, a lot like love, C, the island, or D, the upside of anger? Mm. Could it be... The Michael Bay film? No, the upside <laughs> of anger. I feel like that feels right. Will? Mm. You're the decider here. Mm. Could you read them mm. again? <clears throat> Racing Stripes, A Lot Like Love, The Island, The Upside of Anger. I'll give you a hint. Ryan said earlier, well, this is the Racing Stripes quiz. Oh! That's your hint. Oh, it's oh. the island then. The yeah, island. Yeah, yeah. The island. Lock it in. Lock in Ireland. Was it the island? The island, even. <laughs> I thought you said Ireland. Um, lock in Ireland. It's not the Irish island. It is uh, actually Racing Stripes. Oh, what? <laughs> right, you said you were going to get this right. I did. They're, they're cheating. Ryan, I, I can't cope with this. I've Are you telling me on the Racing Stripes <laughs> quiz? They had one that's specifically about Racing Stripes? You're fucking Right, I've almost done half the questions. You know, you're not getting them. Well, you got the first one. I got right. a lot of them, right? You got the true one, right? I got that. Well, Will did. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I've got Crispy it. Wafer and Chewy Caramel. I literally got none, none of them, right? I got none of them. So... For those who aren't in the know like myself, like I said, this film is about a zebra that got abandoned by a circus and got found by Bruce Greenwood, who's, you know, who's done a lot in his career. He, he Recently, for you out there, you may know him as Gerald in Gerald's Game. For us, we know him as, as the, the, the first one to die in the core. Um, you know, he's an amazing actor, and his character finds a zebra played by Frankie Muniz, who some of you may know as Malcolm, Malcolm Middle, but we know him as well. Fucking, you know, Agent Jason Cody Banks, Shepherd. Jason Shepard, and now Stripes. You know, uh, this is one of those films in which it takes the idea of the outcast and turns them into the hero. It's about a young zebra who just wants to be the best. How does he be the best? Uh, you by know, being the best, right? by being naturally better than others because he's smaller and faster, and he he wants to enter the the Kentucky Derby, and and how does he have to do that? Well, he has to band together with his misfit friends and overcome the prejudice from the black guy, and um the black horse. He's got a white horse friend, a black horse rival, black horse, and he is black and white, and he's black and white, and there's no grey animals in this movie. Well, the pelican does get dirty at one point, Ryan. Yes, but he was mainly covered in black, so awkward. So there's no grey animals in this movie, because I don't know. Uh, and it's just about wanting to be overcoming prejudice and finding out who you are. For the most of the film, he doesn't even know he's a zebra. He thinks he's a horse. It's also because no other animal other than one knows he's not a horse. Well, there are a few that knew, but some of them just never said anything. Who? I mean... I remember there was one, like, that was like, yeah, I know, but then it's like, why didn't you ever tell me? 
Oh. It, it's Sandy I think... who says that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sandy. Oh, right, yeah, the one who's been around the world. Yeah, yeah. Didn't... I, I swear to God that one of the barn animals also knew, but maybe I'm No, I don't think so. I but think I know Sandy definitely. All remembered. of them are barn animals, so I kind of like the fact that none of them didn't know because they've only grown up in barn. Mm. There's Makes no, sense. like, Sandy and Sir Trenton where they've probably travelled around the world and have an idea of things. You know, I kind of really appreciated the attention to detail about that. Um, Will, you know, you had to watch this the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what was, what, what did you feel while watching this? Um, I felt a lot of things. It's very much an emotional roller coaster. It is, and it was a roller coaster in another sense because about halfway through. My internet got really, really slow, so I kind of had to watch it in like about five minute increments, and it took a little while. Oh, so you really time well spent? Better five minutes than five seconds, though. It was like an anime for him; like every moment was a cliffhanger, and he had to wait for the next Uh, moment. So it's like in Dragon Ball Z, where it just cuts to a reaction, like oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you know how in an anime it takes like fifteen episodes for just one punch. Or the spirit bomb to get charged. Yeah, yeah. Well, failed. for Will, it took him. Oh, you're right. He's more black. Seven million. I don't know. I think five minutes. He's so ebony and ivory, which they do sing in this film. They who they? Oh, you know the flies. The flies. <laughs> yeah, Scuzz and um, Buzz. Buzz. How could I forget Buzz? Who are played by David Spade and Steve Harvey? Wait a who second. Who are both Ryan? black and white? Did you say? Steve Harvey and David Spade. I did actually say I that. I have a quiz question about them. Can oh, I guess what it shit. is? Who's your favourite, Steve Harvey or David no, no, Spade? No, it's not an opinionated one. It's a very. And the answer is true or false. It's a very <laughs> objective question, Ryan. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Do Steve Harvey and David Spade work together on the movie? True or false? The three possible answers are. The first one is all caps and exclamation. No! The second one is maybe, but if it is, it is not credit credited. Oh, good. And the third one is yes, order. (laughs) So what's the answer, Ryan and Will? (laughs) (laughs) The absolute apathy they have. I feel like maybe yes, order's (laughs) probably vague enough that you could wriggle everywhere. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer was yes, sorta. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, I got it right. That's from the same quiz oh, as the. Who look plays at Red look Hume. at this scene here. I think it's this scene. Maybe it's one later. I have a comment that I wrote down in my notes. It's not actually this scene, but I want you to keep an eye on this, guys, while watching this. I wrote in my notes. 25 percent of this movie looks like she's just come out of the shower because her hair for twenty five percent of this movie is kind of damp for no reason. And I really wanted you guys to kind of pay attention during certain moments in this film to to see if I'm crazy or not. Because I felt like it looks like she comes out of the shower a lot in this movie. Not in this specific sequence, but her hair changes dramatically from damp to not damp. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because she had a concussion and was sweating profusely. Trying to keep her sanity as she... Or maybe, Ryan, it's really hot in the south. Yeah, but it looks like she came out of the shower. So what you're saying, each each take, they're like, okay, Hayden, have a shower. 
cooled out and no one else got that? No, they're saying, Hayden, we're in a hot country, so you're going to sweat. No, but it looks like she's coming out of the shower. Like, that's that's what I mean. She looks like she's coming out of the... You, like, you like the, you're saying the hair's damp, Ryan, not necessarily like her skin's damp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like she's just washed her hair. It's weird. It's weird. Weird. So, what about you, Bartek? Did this film strike you as an emotional roller coaster when having to view it? Are you kidding? Of course it did. It hit me. Yeah, of course it did. Look, Ryan, we have a bunch of characters who are either going through a huge struggle or are being huge dicks to make other characters go through huge struggles. Huge. And two flies. And Snoop Dogg. You know, there are some outliers to my theory, but that's... Snoop Doggy Dog plays a dog. You know, although it is true that Snoop Again, Dogg, great casting. In his, he has like three lines in the film. They're all the greatest lines ever made. I do believe they all have shizzle Did you in see them. that guy in the previous shot? Yeah, yeah, the happy smiling mustache man. Do you like how he has... Another appearance later in the film? Yes, I do. You actually remember what... He's at the racetrack at the end. Yeah, and he, he's one of the three people it cuts to that's really happy. Yeah. Because I, I noted him down because I actually thought, I know that actor, but apparently I didn't. Uh, I looked him up. It's a beautiful touch all the same. I really wanted him to be one of the many actors who have appeared at our show before, but he was not, unfortunately. I thought he was the old man from Baby's Day Out, your favourite character. <laughs> uh, but he was not. Yeah. He was not that man. Yeah. Sorry. But- <laughs> But Snoop Dogg does sort of have a desire in this film. And his desire is to sleep. And yeah, in the third appearance, he's like, finally, peace and quiet. Well, you know what it is. His story is a three-act structure due to his three appearances, mm-hmm. and the end's a conclusion. We're meeting the flies, Ryan, who, yes, yeah, sort of work together. Oh, oh, it's David Spade and Steve Harvey. I read a trivia point about the flies that was not on IMDb. Oh, the reason why the flies are prominent in this film is because they're fucking great. That should be the reason. We're making because a lot they of are great. The reason, apparently, and apparently the source of this is the audio commentary on the DVD. Oh, I wish I had it. I wish too. Is that the director said he really wanted an excuse to have a lot of different shots. Good. Did you know the other films the director has made? <laughs> I do. I think Will knows. Did you tell me what the other films he made? Because I actually don't you know. Share it, Ryan. Share it with the world. <laughs> do you know? I'd love to. Know. Okay. What is it? Jesus, what is this? I don't know. I actually don't know. I'm not overhyping. Will just react. It's funny. He did after this film, and it was his last film after this, Underdog. Of the superhero dog film? Yeah. So he yeah. likes talking animal movies, and he did one before this, which was like uh, m- like a Merlin, like quest to Camelot movie. And I said that to Rachel, my girlfriend, and she said, oh, I fucking hate that movie. And I'm like, you've seen this Camelot movie? And she's like, yeah. And I went, well, what is it? And she goes, oh, I don't remember a single thing about it. Well, I'm like, oh, but you hate it though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird how people could have that. I feel like a lot of people have that with, that with Racing Stripes, you know? They're like, oh, oh yeah, that movie, that sucks. Well, did you just, did you remember it? No, no, not at all. But why does it suck? Oh, it just does. That's really mean. I'm not saying my girlfriend's a mean person, but, you know, maybe we should give that Quest for Camelot movie a shot, you know, with her as a guest. Are you, you going to give Underdog a shot? So? Well, it is an Underdog, <laughs> so definitely. Um, people yeah. like dogs, Ryan. And under. They're like being under the dog. You know what? He probably looked at this film and said, you know, I didn't use the dog enough. I should make a film all And he dog. should CG fly around. 
Is is Snoop Dogg an underdog as well? No, unfortunately not. He's an overdog. He is? The sequel to Underdog? Overdog? Ryan, he's so dog, he's got two Gs. His name. Do you remember? I love how Snoop Dogg can't decide on what his persona is. Oh yeah, because he was Snoop Lion at one point because he was the reincarnation. And he started out as Snoop Doggy Dog. You know that, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. And now he's Snoop Dogg, and then he's just Snoop. When is he just going to accept his name Snoopy? (laughs) Like, (laughs) when's he going to have that phase and he's like always carrying around a football? (laughs) He's going to watch Peanuts and be like, Oh, someone already took the Snoop and Dog. Wouldn't it be great if Snoop Dog didn't know Snoopy was a character that that's, exists? That's the joke. I yeah, was but wouldn't yeah. it be actually great? Yeah, if he was unaware of Peanuts, it would be fucking great. Did you know that if I, th- I think it was a either DLC or pre-order for Tekken Tag Tournament Two, you could play Snoop. No, oh. one of the stages was like Snoop's mansion. He's in the background just watching. Oh, like, does he speak? Apparently, his like songs play over the ah uh, songs. Fair, but enough. he's like he's there in the background with a bunch of women around him. Fair enough. That's Snoop. The villainess of the film is the great uh, Wendy Malick, who for many people will know her from such great works as uh, "Just Shoot Me." She was also in Emperor's New Groove as the wife character to John Goodman's character. You know, the, the family that they encounter. And, you know, she, she, she's one of these actresses that is just in a ton of things. She plays bitches very well. She plays um, minxes, cougars. We've had her on the show before in Confessions of a Shopaholic, in which she had to be the leader of a group of people who uh, suffered yeah, yeah. from uh, shopaholic, being a shopaholic, and she was one herself in the past. You know, she's a really great actress, and seeing her as the villain in this movie, villainess, I, I just, I just cracked my knuckles, sat back, and went, "Okay, I'm in good hands." Because there are certain actors and actresses that when you see them, you're just like, "Oh, oh, oh I'm in good hands." We've talked about that before. Stephen Root is one of those actors. Who I love like that when you see his name in a movie, you're like, okay, I'm in good hands. And I saw her in this film and I'm like, ah, here she is. And she was great in the film. You know what? I think we could all just. I think we can also say that about M. Emmett Walsh. Yes, he is probably one of the movie actors that's appeared in the most amount of movies we've done on the show. Yeah, he's been in, like, what, three or four at this point? Four. Yeah, I four. think four or five, yeah. Was he in, uh, yeah, he was in uh, Nothing But Trouble? No. No? No, unfortunately. Because I can think of three that he's been in, but fourth one? I don't know. This is the fourth one. This is the fourth one? Yeah, I have a list. The one on my mind, the ones on my mind are this, uh, Christmas with the Cranks, and uh, the Rob Schneider one, uh, Big Stan. Big Stan. Is there another, what's the other one? Snow Dogs. Oh, that's right, Snow Dogs, yes. So, I wasn't on that episode, so... I know more about M. Emmett Walsh. I remembered how hard it was, how hard it is to say his name quickly because it kind of just is one of those names that's designed to hurt you. M. Emmett Walsh. Lee Schreiber. M. Emmett Walsh. Just call him Mr. Walsh. But don't confuse him with the main characters of this film, though, because they're Walshes. This film has a good diversity of cast. Yes. Because, you know... All the humans are white, sure, sure. But the animals, you know, you have Whoopi Goldberg as a goat and you have Steve Harvey 
as, you know, a fly. A fly. And, you know, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's great. You know, I mean, I, that's all I wanted to say. I mean, that was just really good of them that they included yeah. some, you know, in the era now, like, here's the thing, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about how great there is, you know, representation of people of color now with such films as, you know, Black Panther leading in the cinema at the moment while we're recording this and, you know, other films like Get Out, you know, being an Academy Award nominee. But I really think people should stand back and look at how Racing Stripes really set the pavement for those films to be the big films that they are in terms of representation of people of color. Because this film dared to have well, two black people as animals. And that's great. Is there not also another black person who played an animal in this one that I think won an Oscar? Oh, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> no, that's one of the two you mentioned. No, I said, um, I actually didn't mention Snoop Dogg. I said Whoopi Goldberg and Steve Harvey. You're, there's three oh, you black people. It. Oh, I was talking about Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, yes, Michael Clark Duncan's in this. So four. Look, the black people are just popping up more and more <laughs> as I look at the list. I really got to go over it. I mean, fuck. Is Frankie black? I haven't seen him in a while. Um, you know, well, so he's black and white, but some people say he's white with black stripes or black with white stripes. What do you think zebras are? Um, I was always on the side of white with black stripes, but apparently science has said that science. it's the other one. Science! Yeah, I, I think scientists, like, found th- out about the I think they said it's actually black with white zebra, stripes. And found out it was black, so it's the white stripes. Yeah. I, I still stick was by what I... kangaroo on the... No. On the set. It can't be. Can the kangaroo be voiced that. by Michael Clark Duncan? No, it would be voiced by... Freaking um, Anthony Anderson because he was in Kangaroo Jack, which oh, we have yes. covered in our show. Go back. It's a hundred episodes. Uh, well, of and it would have been great you know, because he, he was in Agent Cody Banks. Yeah, well, he too. made a, he made a reappearance on this show in a Frankie Muniz film. Agent Cody Banks Two: Destination Lendon, which Will was on the episode for. Exactly, hence I it's was. being mentioned. Yes, yes, you were. Let's have chocolate <laughs> surprise, guys. Could I mention my anecdote now? Yes, please. Do Will you, came to? to us before the show and said, like, it was it was destiny that we chose this film this well, week. Because the day after Ryan mentioned we were doing this film, I was um, at work and this, this anecdote was mentioned to me. And I'm like, oh, I should mention this on the podcast. I, pro- I probably overhyped it to an extent. I've so hyped was, up now. I was at work. I was having lunch with a colleague... And I'm not even sure how the subject got on to, like, weird animals you've eaten. Oh, good. Um, she, she's eaten zebra. Yeah. And in As her has opinion, Alex Jones. In her opinion, it was, like, horse, but worse. Oh, yeah. Though, um, she's also had dugong. She, like, had it at, um, she was in the Torres Strait Islands, and it was either a wedding or a funeral. I can't remember which one. Don't get those two things confused. Are you suggesting so she that she dugong. ate Frankie Muniz? I mean, oh. I haven't seen him recently, so it's not impossible. Well, right. Apparently, she's eaten a Pokemon, so anything could happen. A Dugong? Yeah. Dugon, the thing that Seal evolves into. You know, Seal, the Seal Pokemon? That's biologically accurate. <laughs> My favourite Star Wars Jedi, the Dugong. Is there, a, is there a Zebra Pokemon? I imagine. Not in the first three gens, as far as I remember. Did they get around to that eventually? I don't know. An eighth gen is coming up. Too, hey, I've got a question for you. Is it a quiz question? No, but it's oh. my own quiz question. Okay. Give me the odd multiple Is it true answers. Or How tall did you think zebras were before and, seeing this film? And what are the four multiple choice answers? You can go three if you want. Okay. Um, 
True or false? Ah, <laughs> uh, false. Okay. I actually would have imagined that they would be maybe just smaller than horses, but he's he's quite noticeably smaller. Yeah. What about you, Will? Aren't they like no, no, eleven but... species of zebras? To yeah, but in your bit? general interpretation of a zebra, you know, I don't. When I think of an uh, of an animal like this, I don't go. Eh, well, which one of the eleven species? Look, are you talking about? Will, uh, here's a hypothetical. God comes down to you and gives you his powers for one thing, and he says, "Will, you've got my powers, but you can only make one zebra in, in the image that you want. That you want, and then the powers are gone." No, not even what you want. The image that you that you interpret as yeah. Libra. I, I thought most of them were decently big. Thanks! That's what I thought too. Apparently, I, I looked it up because I couldn't get over in the film how small a zebra was. I actually thought that they were almost as tall as a horse as well. But apparently, like, they just go above, like, most of them go just above five feet from hoof mm. to head. So... That's apparently what the size he is. So they apparently they're just as big as a mule. Yeah, he he definitely. I've never really thought about the differences between zebras and horses, but in the film when they're juxtaposed, you can definitely be like, oh yeah, I guess zebras do look a bit more like donkeys or mules than horses. Yeah, and I found it like. Again, this is one of the things that I think, uh, you know, a hard-nosed critic like Roger Ebert. I don't know what his opinion of the film was. He gave it two out of four. Of course he did. Um, you know, I I feel like a hard-nosed critic could say, oh, well, in the film, wouldn't it have been uh, intelligent that, uh, they, that the villainess would try and get the zebra banned because it's not only a different species, but also because of its size, it has a fair advantage of winning? That never comes up in the film, and you know why? Because the filmmaker and the screenwriter, David Schmidt, who's the screenwriter, not the filmmaker, David Schmidt, the screenwriter, who's in, who's only written one script, and that script is Racing Stripes, knew that who his audience was, and that was children. You know, a lot of kids aren't sitting down thinking about the politics of a film like this. They're saying to themselves, man, I love this film. It sits right next to my copy of Flickr 2 with Patrick Warburton. You know, it's 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 so good. You know, and that's what kids are thinking. You know, they 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 are saying to themselves, "Oh man, that's that's my favorite one." Of, they could be saying, "That's my favorite film," and and you are coming in saying, "Well, guess what? It's it's stupid." It's like critiquing a Looney Tunes cartoon. You know, or or or, or, or you know, a Dreams Works film. I mean, look, Boss Baby is an Academy Award nominated film, but. You know, you could come in and say that film makes no fucking sense and it shouldn't even be a, an Academy Award nominated film. But guess what? Wait, wait, sorry, come again. It's a, <laughs> Boss Baby is up for an Academy Award. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you could oh. come in and say there's more mature, oh. better constructed kids yeah. animated films out there, or animated films. But it knew who its audience was children. And that's what this film is children like simplicity. That's all I'm saying. But also there's that brilliant uh, other side to it where, yes, children might not be learning about the intricacies of issues like racism and, like, unfairness to people. And also qualifications for horse racing. And that too. But when they do finally get around to that, they can refer to racing stripes as an anecdote that, like, 
you know, fosters the building of their knowledge. So they'll be like, oh, racism is where you uh, show contempt, dislike, or negative feelings towards people who are different than you. And then you can go like, oh, like Sir Trenton to Stripes in Racing Stripes. And the professor will be like, exactly. Exactly. You are picking the exact correct films. And you know who fiction. that professor is? Professor David Schmidt, the writer of the film. <laughs> He's like, how did you know? And why are you in my folklore class telling me about this? Here, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, look. She looks like she's just come out of the shower. Yeah, right. She came home from a day of... Yeah, yeah. Off a zebra it's looking the- a bit... The damn. This there, is the, the next. Damp, maybe. This looks like it's the next day because he's wearing different clothes. She was crying it? over her hair. But look at this. Like I'm just saying, it's only twenty five percent. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, sixty percent of the film. She looks like she's just come out of the shower. It's like a small she's... percentage of the film looks like she's Wait, just Snoop's come talking. out. Oh, sorry. He said drug. Because he does them. Did you know Snoop Dogg does drugs? Sorry if your childhood's broken now. Can I just state something? I've watched many M Emmett Walsh performances before. You know, and this is one of the very few in which he plays a, um... I'm gonna put finger quotes in the air. Nice guy. He's very normal. No, no, I've seen him play normal guys, but assholes. But, like, nice guy. And I put quotations on that because at no point does it ever, like... I wrote this in my my notes. He's in this only for purely financial goals. Like, like, like... At no point does he... he's a gambler, right? Yeah, yeah, but, like... But they're portraying it. We've talked about this before in our episodes, and you know, recently on our episode of Keeping Up with the Steins with the Mystery Box. It's how you frame the perspective in a film. In this film, it's framing it like he's their good friend who believes in them, and he wants them to do well and be happy and be repaired as a family unit. But in the actual text of the movie. He's doing it so he can earn a fuck ton of money. Yeah, he can't bet on the horse if it's not racing. Exactly. And he knows that it will be the one with the lowest odds. So that's what I love about this film is how it... I actually like... Unlike in our episode where we... Oh, the mystery box of Keeping Up With The Science where I had a problem with the perspective. I like in this film how it doesn't harness the perspective of being like this guy. He could be a bad guy. You know, he could easily be... Not necessarily an antagonist, but he could have been a, a sleazy, reprehensible character, but he isn't. You know, they frame it in a light way for family entertainment that this guy, sure, is in it for purely financial reasons, but he's a good person. It's saying that people who are financially driven can be good, because it's so often the case in films, TV, books, any form of you know, entertainment, that people who are financially driven are usually you know, morally reprehensible and their ethics aren't there and that, you know, it's the money leads to the roots of all evil, right? You know, it's that kind of attitude and I like in this film, it takes the idea, hey, this guy's a gambler but guess what? He's actually a good guy. Yeah. And what he's doing is actually good. And he's also considering the fact that, hey, I do want you to do this because it will be good for me but also you clearly want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like an everyone wins kind of situation. I'm sure that in an alternate universe where in this film they really didn't want to go through with the racing, he would be just fine with that. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to ask you two a question. Is it about this scene? Hit me. This scene, she doesn't look like she's just come out of the shower. But no, I just saw a bunch of animals before. What is your favourite barnyard animal? Are you talking about in general? In in general. Like, if you you were on a quiz right now and you had to write your favourite... 
Which something are you? What's your favorite barnyard? Yeah, what's your what's your favorite barnyard animal? If like if you owned a farm or mm. something or other, you know, what's your favorite? Like, what's one that you like? Oh God, yeah, I got one of them. I, I love those guys or whatever. No, I think it might be between chickens or goats. Chickens or goats. Yeah, interesting. I like those little guys. Will. Um. Oof. Those are good choices. I'd probably go with goat, but if I was being a hipster, I'd say ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> the best barnyard animal. Um, People do farm them. Do they, they do. Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. They do. Um, and alpacas and shit. And you know, I, I, if I had to choose, I'm, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose. You know. You're gonna be a hipster, are you? No, well, kind of. Because we well, both said goat. So no, know. I want to say, and I could hear you when I say this. I'm worried because I'm going to say this and you'll be like, okay, that isn't the conventional animal of choice that you think of Banya, but okay, I'm going to go... I've already reacted to ostrich, right? Duck. Go ahead. Duck? Ducks. I just like ducks. I like ducks That's too. a very but... fair question. And, you know, I don't think... When you think Banya, I always think roosters, sheep, pigs. I guess... And a pig. And a pig. If I want to go the norm, the most conventional, I like pigs as well. They're cute. Yeah, pigs are You can cute. pet them and they're cute. I mean, I get, people do like eating ducks. So. And ducks. No, I just like ducks. I think... I just... Whenever I see ducks, I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. There's something about the personality of ducks as a species that just really resonates with me. They're just kind of like, here I am. Off I go. And I'm just like, yeah, you, go, you go, duck. Geese. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, you have mentioned who your favorite Looney Tunes character is. Daffy Duck. Daffnold Duck. They're quite whimsical uh, ducks. Uh, you know, and then when it comes to the Mickey-verse, yeah, yeah, Donald yeah. Duck isn't my favorite. I like Goofy the most, uh, weirdly. Uh, I, like I love the, the fact that one. he owns a dog. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> well, so does Mickey, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. This is this is this is it. Um, Bartek. Yes. If I have, if we're gonna keep going quizzing, favorite character in the film. Favorite character in the film. Yeah. Do you have one? I I really like Goose. I knew you did. I was watching this and I wrote in my notes. Yeah. Bartek's I mean, favorite obvious. character. Goose. I, I'm not trying. I'm not gonna go and be like, "Oh, Ryan, fastballing you." I love Goose. Okay, if you have to fastball me, who's my favorite? Your favorite character is clearly Sandy. Oh, you yeah. want to fuck a female horse? You got me. Will your favorite character? Hmm. Yeah, look at the cast listing. It's gonna help you. I'm not going to give a sincere opinion. John I'm Cooper. Going to John Cooper. It's John Cooper. The most contrarian answer possible. I just said John Cooper. I'm going to go with... I think that's his name. Not even Scuzz. I'm just going to go with David Spade as a human being <laughs> behind the scenes. Because Will was in the episode that we had a David Spade film, right? He's back too. Dickie Roberts, yeah. Yes, he was. You know, there's a, now I'm looking at the cast listing. You know, I, I, you know, I was going to say it, 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 it's Wendy Malick's character, the evil, um, you know. But she's kind of not in it too much. So it's kind of like... But I would say for one who's in it a lot, I did like Scuzz as well. David Spade, I actually liked him. I mean, I've I've talked about you Wasn't know. Was he Buzz? No, he's Scuzz. Oh, Buzz mistake. is Steve Harvey. Okay. Um. Uh, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast and off the podcast. I defend David Spade in the jockey in the in the stable of Adam Sandler alumni. I feel like he's always had the potential to do more, and he's shown he he can. And I think he's a good standalone actor. And in this film, he really brings a lot of zest and energy to the performance of Scuzz. I think he's the more interesting one out of the Fly Bros. Look, her hair looks like she's just come out of the shower again. 
Because she's this is the next morning. Of joy from the I don't think it looks that, that dad dad is there. Maybe I'm just thing. going nuts though. Hey, since we're talking about the cast, do you want a cast-related quiz question of the three I have left? Yeah. Oh, thank God you didn't say no and would be like, oh, Barty, you looked dumb. He didn't want it. Okay, no. No. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Yes, sorta. <laughs> I was about to say. Please say yes, sorta. The middle one, in case you want to refer to it later, is maybe, but if it is, it is not credited. All right, the question is... I forgot about that one. The question is, who played Nolan Walsh in Racing Stripes? Bruce Greenwood. Was it Bruce Greenwood? Was it Tom Cruise? Was it Christian Bale? Or was it Jennifer Lopez? Um, Have... Wait, could you read them again? Was it Bruce Greenwood, <laughs> Tom Cruise, <laughs> Christian Bale, or Jennifer Lopez? Well, we have had J-Lo on the show before. We have had Tom Cruise on the show before. My God. Has has Christian Bale rocked up? Or? No. I don't know. Right? No. I don't think so. What episode was Tom in again? Oh, Night, Night and Day. Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I did know, but I knew it was a spy movie, and I'm like, God, don't say the wrong one. Oh, look, he's looking in the reflection. Right, you didn't answer the question. I said J-Lo. You fucking heard me. I said, yeah, J-Lo. She's been in an episode before. It's J-Lo. I'll answer it. And, and she was the boy next door. Go. Bruce Green would play <laughs> Nolan <Mr>. Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Was it, was it J-Lo? It was Bruce Greenwood. You're a fucking liar. I'm looking at, I'm looking at J-Lo right now. There she is in the hat. You know, the she's... Red hat. Is she yeah, behind yeah, Bruce Greenwood yeah. there? <laughs> no, that's her. Jenny from the block. I can't see her behind Bruce Greenwood. Are you not looking at Jenny from the block right now? I don't know what film you're watching. And he's like, I'm watching The Core. Wait, are we watching Racing Stripes? Racing Stripes? Yes. Ryan, in the movie Racing Stripes, who said, try starting out life as a maggot? I do believe that was Scuzz. Was it Scuzz? Okay, that's an option. Reggie? Reggie. Tucker? Tucker. Or... Woodsy. Oh. Why, why, why did you say Woodsy as if that's not someone in the film? Because it's one of the human characters. Yeah, but he could have said it. But. Yeah. But the joke is that, you know. You start as maggot. As a gambler, lots of people feel that way. You know, some people refer to as maggots. Have you not watched any military movie ever? This isn't a military movie. Are you sure? Yeah. Have you watched it till the very end credits? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Did you not see the post credit scene in which um, M. Emmett Walsh enlists? <laughs> he needs he needs a, a war donkey for World War One, but Duffy from Simpson and Duffy wasn't available, so he had to get a zebra, and that, he was like, that, "That was your dream, Ryan." Stripes. Oh, was that my fever dream? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realise. Now... Wait, I've got a trivia question. Oh, good. Give me one. So, guys, what do some people call a hybrid between a horse and a zebra? Oh... What are the answers? What are the answers? I'm sorry, I don't do multiple choice. This isn't fucking a pussy quiz. (laughs) You've got to be... We've got to do this the right way so you can just pluck them out of the ether. Well, it's it's either a hobra... Or a Zorse. <laughs> what is it, Will? And Ryan, what's well, your answer? Okay, if I had to combine them. Oh. Well, you don't have to combine them. Oh, you're right. You're right. A penguin. Yeah. And Bartek's correct. 
Yes, Hobra! <laughs> it was That's ho- it. It was Hobra High, the evil karate organization in the Karate Kids movie. What about a hybrid between a donkey and a zebra, guys? A hebra. No, donkey. Oh. <laughs> a debra. Debra. Debra Massing, the That's actress. That's it, too! <laughs> <laughs> so, I had one more quiz question, but it's another one where it's like, oh, or is it Woodsy? And Ryan's like, oh, it could be Woodsy. So, you know, it was Woodsy, wasn't it? The, the question How is, about I read it to you and you tell me if it's funny? Okay. Point it's it. That one there. This one? That one. That one? The one next to Who played one? Nolan Walsh in Racing Stripes? Was oh, it Tom Cruise? Ryan's oh. doing the funny so, thing where I point at something and he looks at something else. In the movie Racing Stripes, who said, Well, subdivide me and Kentucky fry me. Wait, did someone say that? Yes. Was it... Okay. Was it Tucker, Goose, Woodsy or Reggie? I actually don't know the answer. Reggie! It was Reggie. Reggie! The the chicken. The rooster, sorry. Tell me I'm right, Bartek. It is Reggie, yeah. Who plays... See, I would have read the correct answer first and ended on Reggie. Who plays Reggie? Jeff Foxworthy, right? Who plays Steve Harvey? Steve Harvey. Oh, you nailed it. Nailed it, Bartek. Like Jesus on the cross. That's all the quiz questions. Ah, man. I love M.M. Walsh's uh, mustache in this film. Did you know he had to have a mustache wrangler? It couldn't control itself. It would often run off of his face and attack the zebra. Hence, it I've bucked Hayden off of its back, and Hayden now has spinal damage thanks to M.M. Walsh's mustache. You know, that's why, you know, he doesn't usually have a mustache in movies because, you know, it's hard to control mustaches, isn't it, Bartok? You know, have you ever just had a mustache? You always have a beard. But do you ever just shave and just keep a mustache? I did sometimes when I was younger. And how did Actually, you... wait, I think I've seen you with just a moustache, Bartek, or am I imagining this scenario? Well, you might have. What were you doing? What does it look like? Um, Do you look like a creep? The, the, I think the one, there was one time where I did shave. It was I think I even showed you the picture where I shaved after a shower everything but the moustache and did a creepy smile and I looked like uh, some that's right, you did. some pedo uncle or something you look like every Polish plumber in the UK <laughs> um, it's so funny because Bartek has a beard and and, and well I do have the moustache part as well as well a full beard and and when you shave your beard off on the odd occasion I'm like who's this guy it's like some random stranger comes to my life and is like, I am Bartek, and I don't believe. I don't believe. It's my body double who can't grow facial hair. Now, don't you like how in this just one scene they cure his fear of claustrophobia? Did you know that's how it works? Yeah, exposure You've got to confront your fear, right? He confronted his fear. In one scene. He confronted Once. the fear. Confronted What's the fear? something you're afraid of? What I'm afraid of? Hmm. Um, I guess I do have the typical spider thing going on, but I, I guess it, if I were in a... It's not quite claustrophobic, but if it was like top-to-bottom kind of tight space, I might get a bit uncomfortable. Okay. William. Not to a side-to-side thing like a stable. Bill. Billy Brooks. <laughs> what about you, Fia? Eh, I'm not... I'm not huge on spiders. How about fucking I do... flunkies about spiders? What do you call it? Um... Tolerate a bit. Probably like, Ryan, if you were just to reach into your pocket and just grab like 50 spiders and just throw them on my face, I 
I probably wouldn't enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. But if there was like just a spider in the corner of the room, it's like, oh, I could live with that. If it's far, I guess, yeah, that's fine. But also if it's my room, it's like, oh, don't want you here. I... Ryan, if you just like kick down my door at like three in the morning and just like throw well, I, I know, Ryan, that you're, you're capable me. of doing the whole glass thing and paper and getting it out. Yeah, are you not? Well, I don't want to get near it, is the thing. Cause it's a phobia. Oh, you're that afraid? It's a, it's, well, it's a phobia. Yeah. Well, I did ask him what's your phobia, but yes. You you did. I said, what are you afraid of? Well, yeah, and you just exposed it to the whole idea of, like, claustrophobia. That's true. I guess I did. I, you know, I, I it was the technicality of how it was all set up. I don't know what I have a phobia of. Like, like I'm afraid... I don't like rats in real life. Like, not pet rats, like... Rats that are like, oh, he's one running around in my house. I don't like that very much. But if I see an actual pet rat or a rat on screen or movies that involve rats, like the weird movie with Crispin Glover in which he controls armies of rats, it doesn't make me go, ooh. I'm just like, I, okay. Oh, I can, I can handle movie spiders, I guess. Yeah, pictures, movies. Video games, a bit more iffy there, but otherwise. Really? I remember the, there's a game called Unreal 2. Unreal Tournament. I it, played it, that. I played Unreal Tournament. It's it's the actual story based thing that Unreal Tournament's doing. Oh, I didn't know they had one. Yeah, Unreal, Unreal Two, and the second it's you're in space and going to different planets for missions. The second planet that you go to is one called the Hell. Okay. Uh, it's a yellow planet, I think, and that it's, makes and sense. And it's a facility on the planet's overrider with a huge number of spiders, tiny giant. And I remember I couldn't really play that level, so I skipped that one and played the rest of the game. Because it's a first-person shooter game, and they jump, and some of them like jump right into the camera, and I'm like, also, oh, I can't handle it. Bartek, also, I've got a go. trivia question for you. Is your is your fear of spiders a bit like inconsistent? Because I find like my jumping spiders don't bother me even slightly. Really? What do you mean by inconsistent? So, like, is there certain spiders? It's like, oh, it's like, oh, nah, not not afraid of that well, one. I, I and guess then there's other ones. I guess like the daddy long legs ones. I don't really care. But if they're crawling, yeah, they yeah, but if they're suddenly crawling on you, if they're crawling on me, then that's like, oh, get off. But and, and there, <laughs> there actually have been times where a spider's like right in my face and I just flick it away. But classic Bartek. I want to tell you a story about me and spiders, um, or oh, an individual spider. Literally happened this week. I was on the tram, going to work. I had my headphones on, mm. my big headphones that cover my ear, and I had a really itchy ear. Yeah. And I flicked out a spider that was in my headphones. I don't know how it got there. It wasn't <laughs> Ooh, I any. Check my headphones. I know that it wasn't was... anything major, but it was on the tram, and I flicked it, and another person saw. I flicked it. But I was just sitting at the window, and I flicked it at the window. So if anything, it was going to affect me again. Yeah. But the other person gave me a scowl. I'm like, what's your fucking problem? I didn't make that happen. We, we do have... Recur- oh, I guess I should just let it eat my fucking eardrum. I know that we have recurring guests on this show that have phobias. One of them is afraid of spiders, another's afraid of needles. Uh, I think all of our guests have the recurring fear that we're going to ask them back on. <laughs> I guess, yeah. They're like, oh, God, no, please, no. The movies are too good for me to handle. No, 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 no. <laughs> I won't 
last say, heard of that. Oh no, sorry. You go first, Bartek. No, I was just gonna say I won't say who the phobia. No, no, no. I, I insist. You go first. <laughs> I, I just said the thing that I was gonna say. Though. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't hear it, so I'll ask you. Bartek, you, do you know anyone with that phobia of like large amounts of tiny holes all together? I've heard of that one. That's a lie. That, no, that's a real. That's no, a no. fucking lie. I've heard of that one. That one's really weird. I remember I was. Yeah. I don't even know what you are. What you, that is? Like, what like, do you mean? Like, like, do you see a wall large with clusters of lots of tiny holes? Yeah, that's some a real. People, some people like where are these large this? clusters of tiny holes? In like I don't know, like eroded rocks or sponges or something. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Okay, weird. Now this was my favorite scene, by the way. Will. Can you guess why this is my favourite scene? I've already told Bartek before we started why it was. But do you want to have a gander? A gander's a horse, isn't it? I hope Oh, no, that's a goose. No, that's a filly. Geese. Come on, Will. It's happening right now. Why? I can't see into Ryan's mind. Okay, so I'm in just... this scene, they're like... Take her away. And I was like, please do. I want to see these horses drag that one away. But then the film has to go, no, don't fight. Go with them. And she's like, I will. Because they have actual horses. So the idea of a horse dragging another horse away as if it was a bodyguard dragging a a person away from a fight amused me greatly. So much. Was it their intent to kill him? Just, no, they, they're not killers, right? They just didn't want him to go into the race. Oh, they're just racists. Well, they did an awful job. He uh, was basically races, fine after a drink. <laughs> From a pelican's beak, yeah. And that's what... I've talked about this. like 50 horses and they couldn't kill him. Yeah. Zebras are tough. Yeah, hence... They have flight... <laughs> sorry, fight or flight reflexes, guys. Zebras are very tough. Uh, is it zebras or antelopes that are the ones that when they're at the watering hole and a crocodile comes up and eats one, it will just kind of look and then go back to drinking? I don't know, Ryan. You don't know that? That's an animal thing. I think it's antelopes. Is that a wildebeest? Wildebeest, perhaps. Sounds where like it's like they're at the watering hole and they're drinking and a crocodile come up or an alligator or whatever, come up and eat one and it will just kind of flinch for a moment, look at the space where the other one was... And then just go back to drinking. Like, it didn't even register it after a second. Like, oh, it's it's gone now. He opened his beady black eye. Yeah, it's animals... It's pretty big, it's not that big. Animals' eyes are... Why didn't... I just find it disappointing that... I mean, this might be a generalised statement, but animal eyes are just disappointing to me. I just don't find them very complex. What about, what about goats? They've got rectangular pupils. Yeah, isn't, isn't that fucking great? Yeah, but they don't, have, fucking cool, great, but they don't have cool colors. They don't have cool retinas. Guns, weird, colorful eyes. You know, I don't know, Bartek. Animal eyes. I like cat eyes. Yeah, I guess spider eyes. They have multiple. I like fly eyes more than spider. Eyes. They're the same, except for one that's got eight of them. Favorite. No, no, I don't think they are. Wait, spiders think... only have eight eyes? What you got? I think flies have compound don't eyes. They... I'm not sure if spiders have that. Don't they have, like, eight eyes on their head and they see, like, flies' eyes with, like, the grid? Like, you know, like... I'm not... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, there's a joke in this film where the flies like, oh, I've got a hundred eyes and you find all of them, but... I guess, They have a bunch of blue. We need a biologist, Will states... Well, Zoologist. good for us 
that we've got a biologist on the scene. It is baby boy Bartek biologist MD here. Hello, I'm baby boy Bartek biologist MD. Now, baby boy biologist Bartek MD. We have to know, how many eyes does a common household spider have? I have two eyes. Yeah, I know you have two eyes, but as a baby boy Bartek biologist MD, how many eyes does a spider have? Spider-Man has two eyes. Yeah, he nailed it. Great job. Thank you for coming on the show. I unfortunately... Can I have icy pole? No, no, I don't have icy pole. Can I have Yu-Gi-Oh? You, I don't have Yu-Gi-Oh either. How about I pay you with nothing? Because I'm very stingy. You don't have Yu-Gi-Oh? No, but hey, talking about eyes, I do have the um, the eye treasure thing from Yu-Gi-Oh that Pegasus uses to eye. cheat at, um, at the game he created. At the game he created. Can I just say, now we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. Out of all, what are they called again? The treasures? or The millennium items. The millennium items. Out of all the millennium items, the millennium eye is the, like, the one that you have to be the most fucking dedicated one to have because all the others are, like, jewelry that you can yeah, wear. You but that one... Them. But that one you actually that have You have to, have to fucking have it in you. And I remember there's an episode where you see him get it and it's like... He gets it like fucking slam dunked into his eye socket, and he's like, ah! And he's just like, you have to really dedicate. And no wonder he was a prick. Like, because he didn't choose that. Like, that chose him. They're like, no, no, you're gonna get the eye. This is your fucking treat. Like, Yu Gi Oh! No wonder he's angry at Yu Gi Oh! Yu Gi Oh! can just take his off. He's lost an eye. And can he see normally with that eye, or can he only see through cards? I assume he can see normally, but he also has that power to see into people's minds. Minds? Yeah, I yeah. reckon you really because see it's, it's some like shit you Are you sure eye? that he could see normally, or is it just that he can see it's never the mind's up, eye? But he never has vision problems. As a like, if you trait. covered up his other eye, would he be blind? I don't know. They never had that happen. Well, maybe not in the ones we saw. I can tell you this, though. His Japanese voice is just amazing. Yeah, because his English voice was pretty good. He had a David Bowie thing going on. Yeah, the Japanese one sounded... It it sounded like a really bad voice actor trying to do a flamboyant, stereotypical ghost voice. Oh, yeah! Oh! Cobra Boy! <laughs> Literally, that's his voice. I There's see. an episode where a guy's having this, like, serious... Um, villain speech, and he says, and then you know that I'm gonna beat you, right? And he just goes, no, <laughs> and that's like a serious response, like what? So I brought something along to the show. It's nothing much. I brought a list. I made the list of actors that are in this film that we have seen in other films. This is our equivalent of the Oscars in memoriam. Yes, it's the unappreciated masterpieces memoriam. And these actors, I've listed, obviously, they're all in Racing Stripes, but I've listed what other films they've appeared on in this show. So we're going to play inspirational music in the background? We're going to play the You Raise Me Up song? You you can do inspirational music while I read these. Alright. Okay, go. Bruce Greenwood in The Core, Gary Bullock in Bubble Boy, Wendy Malick in Confessions of a Shopaholic, M. Emmett Walsh in Big Stan, 
Christmas with the Cranks and Snow Dogs. It's your boy, Frankie Munez, in Agent Cody Banks 1, Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination London, Big Fat Liar. Who can forget Joshua Jackson as the gay friend in Cruel Intentions? Of course, we all said that he looked tasty without a t-shirt on. That is Snoop Dogg in Starsky and Hutch. We have Joe Palantino, who is Goose in this film, but he's one of the main gangsters in Baby's Day Out. Who can forget your boy, Lex Luthor, Michael Rosenbaum, in Bringing Down the House, and Sorority Boys. David Spade was, of course, Dickie Roberts. Fred Dalton Thomas may play a mean bad guy in Racing Stripes as Sir Trenton, but he was a good... Oh, there's more. He was a good policeman trying to solve a crime in Baby's Day Out. And last but not least, Oscar-winning actress Whoopi Goldberg in Monkey Bone as the Grim Reaper. And The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle as Judge Goldberg. Thank you all for being actors and actresses that have appeared in unappreciated masterpieces. You have all been the real winners of the show. Do I stop? Okay, good. Yay! I'm glad that they all had a shot. Did you like the song choices that I... I did. Oh, look, it's this guy. I did. You raised me up in the Oompa Loompa theme song. You raised me up. Um... So these are all those are all the actors that have appeared previously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to see that this is kind of like the reunion tour for them all. Yeah. I wish I could have listened better when I had to do the music. It's okay. Yeah. I spoke for us. I heard the Baby's Day Out one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Joe Palantino, whose goose in this was in Baby's Day Out, and um, Fred Dalton Thomas was also in Baby's Day Out as the police chief who had my favorite line in the movie, which was like when you had to recite word for word, like to get the boo boo to the big TikTok. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, and I said that should be on his grave. I did find out he has died, so I hope oh. it's on his grave. Um, you know, he he died just like Michael Clark Duncan. Too soon. <laughs> Is it? Didn't he die like 2012? No, but I mean like. They died too soon. Oh, I see. Yeah. Michael Clark Duncan died too soon. He was only young. He was in like his fifties. I'm pretty sure. Sad. They they gave him sad face. They they were they did an RIP for him in Saints Row Four. Can I list an objection? Objection. Hit me against Will's favorite character. He said Scuzz. I and just I, said David Spade. I ob- oh being. David Spade. I object. Because Will's favourite character should easily have been the Postman. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he, re- he reappears. He's in this yeah, sequence yeah. here. Um, Is he on like face paint or something? Yes, and on his IMDB page, that's his profile picture. Because <laughs> he's only really done this uh, as his notable piece of work. I saw it and I said, is that Paul Rudd <laughs> at the start? Because, you know, when Paul Rudd has a beard, he does look quite different. Yeah. And I went, is that Paul Rudd? And then I saw he didn't have a man earring in like he did in the X. And I went, oh, that's not Paul Rudd then. Uh, so, yeah. Paul Rudd was in the X. With a beard and a man earring. He was also in um, Over Her Dead Body, right? Over Her Dead Body, of yeah. course. He was a romantic lead. And uh, yeah. he, he took my side when it came to whether or not you can throw cats and drop them. So, uh, we're going to bring that debacle up again. Throw and drop. Oh, your brood didn't make a noise. Oh no, the blower didn't go off. <laughs> so, 
Um, this is the part of the film where the bet has taken place. This is the crucial um, moment of the third act in which he has placed a, a dramatic bet in which he, he will can do the get... thing that he's moved away from if he, he loses. Well, at first he wants to bet the the farm and the house yeah. that he lives in. And then she says, fuck not, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, not for the reason of like, don't be a dick, don't do that. But more it was more like, my oh. horse is worth more than that. Yeah. The horse that at the start of the film they indicate is past her prime... Did you notice that? That little subtle thing? It was something like that, yeah. Because she they're was, like, like get, tired from the jumping. And yeah. Like, Give her a break. And he's like, yeah, she's just not going... The, the, the jockey was like, yeah, she's just not as good as she's, she usually is. And it's like, almost like she needs, a, she needs a, a partner or something. Uh, yeah. Her. I thought you were going to say she needs a Frankie Muniz, you know. And I'm like, you're right. She Dude, does... She use both, and she does get both. Oh, ooh, I'm sorry, that was a spoiler alert. Remember uh, back in episode one where we kept saying spoiler alert, guys? Specifically you. Yeah, but it was funny. And then later episodes, we all kind of did it. Yeah, I, I introduced it as a thing that I would do. And then eventually we stopped. But every now and then I would do it. I thought Bartek Oh, you're it. right, Ryan. I guess there are eggs on my face. Now. Yeah. yeah. Where's Screech? Uh, remember the days in which every episode seemed to have some reference to Saved by the Bell mentioned by you? Provoked by you, but yes. Provoked by me? Yeah, because you kept pointing out, like, oh, you just keep talking about saying what yeah, So I was like, well, I guess I'll talk about I like how uh, that's me provoking, just mentioning, you've mentioned in every single episode Saved by the Bell. Oh, did I? Well, guess what? I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> it's more like your reaction encourages it, I guess. Because at first I was just like, oh, yeah, there's a the guy plays Screeches in this, and you guys were like, is that Screech? Is that Screech? <laughs> I didn't know who Screech was. And then when I told I've never you, watched Saved by the Bell. But then you guys just kept asking, is that Screech? Because he was in like, Dickie no. Roberts. You even pointed at Keenan Thompson at one point. Well, you know Keenan Thompson's still around. What other running jokes are gone? Uh, mentioning my great-grandfather, who was in the concentration camps. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, talking about the plot of the film. Oh, that went a while ago. Orson Welles. No one needs. <laughs> no, that. that never ended. We yeah, still have that. That's true. Don't you know, he did have a comment about this episode. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Let's hear it, Will. Can't quite remember what it was. Well, lucky I, I actually have a VHS copy of the interview oh, yeah? of him talking about what he thought about this film. Do you mind if I just plug it in? Sure. The the the, the VCR? Okay. Uh, uh, sorry, by, by sure I mean do it. I, I don't mind. Yeah. Alright, wait, wait. I gotta I gotta I gotta um put the tape in first. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just press play a little bit. Okay. I'm pressing play now. I wait. I. Oh, uh, uh, pause, uh, pause. Okay. Whoops. Got to rewind it. You know how it takes, yeah, right? <laughs> oh, racing stripes, racing stripes, racing stripes. Wait, I'm doing Morgan Freeman now. <laughs> I can't believe more. I can't believe Orson said that back in the day. <laughs> and end of tape. <laughs> You know, that was my favourite interview with him, that he realised he was doing Morgan Freeman. You know, it's kind of weird. Did you know that Orson Welles died at the same time Morgan Freeman appeared? That's true. Is that true? Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Hmm. Check, check the map. Check the, the map. Check the map, he says. 
<laughs> like, here's the, it's like in The Emperor's New Groove, which one of the actors in this, uh, two of the actors in this film are in, um, David Spade and Wendy Malick, that bit where Kronk lowers the map and he's like, well, it, this doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, right, is it, wasn't there a thing on, like, old pirate maps that there would be, like, art of, like, sea monsters on the map? Oh, he's like saying that? Orson Welles is a sea monster? Well, well, he's saying check the map, so mm, maybe yeah, it's that kind of map. Here be dragons kind of stuff, so, but there's nothing on the map, just chuck a big-ass sea monster there. This film, I was saying to Bartek beforehand, this film, and I, I, I don't have every single connection here, I've just got them in my head. This film has a lot of people who have worked together before and will work together whether they are in unappreciated masterpieces or not i just mentioned david spade you know david spade has worked with a lot of these people so david spade worked with wendy malick who's the villainess in in the emperor's new groove movie and tv show as well as just shoot me you know that's just a a little example there but david spade also has worked with frankie munez before in the film uh lost and found which is actually a movie i have in uh list of future ones to cover i've had it in there for like since the start there have been a few films that have been uh, there since the start you know we guess you know you got to cover what you, we cover and you know and that's why frankie's very early films so it's kind of neat that they pair up again in one of his last real you know films that's kind of kind of neat like that and you know you we have baby day out reunion tour here with fred dalton and and Joe Palanino and and on it goes. You but just need Joe Mantegna. You know, and M. Emmett Walsh has has dallied up with a few of these these people before as well. You know, like he's not. This is his what? This will be his second film in which he's with talking animals, with snow dogs. Well, that was a dream sequence. Yeah, but it had talking animals at it, one point. Well, it had a dream sequence. But in this though, film. It's also played like, well, animals just talk. That no, humans don't hear them. In the sense that you do hear hum- like English coming out of animal. Do they do bodies. the effect where their mouths move? I think so. Yeah, there you go. There's also a part where one of the dogs winks. You know, and and you know, we have like this going on. You know, we we have. Lots of actors who in this film have catalyst and worked together before. You know, I you know mentioned the few that have happened already, like David Spade. But you know, you have like Joshua Jackson, who who is in this film. He was in Cruel Intentions as as the plucky gay friend, and in this movie, he's paired up with Michael Rosenbaum, who has played the plucky gay friend in a few things in his career. But also, he's been in Sorority Boys, Sorority Boys in which he played the ultra-masculine one, ladies' man, and he kind of learned that he liked dressing in women's clothes, you know, and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's, uh, lots of recurring themes and imagery. He, and he, he made a character in that film think she was gay, I guess. There's a connection. Yes. Yes. Yes, he did. Did he? Yeah, yeah. The girl that... It was his love interest when he was the girl in the and they were in the shower together. No, that's not Michael Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum wasn't the main character in Sorority Boys. Or wasn't he? No, he was the best friend of the main character. He was the one who was getting dysmorphia as the film went along. He was like obsessed about how fat his ass was in dresses and stuff. Oh, my mistake. The one who Steve clearly Steve Tyler's son is the one who's the main character in Sorority Boys. Okay, my mistake. That's okay. I it's don't been know. years since we've covered it. I don't know Michael Rosenbaum that well. We yeah, you do. Him. We've seen we him in Bringing Down the House. He played Steve Mann's competition. Yeah, I've seen, well, he's been in a few things that we've done, but he's he he you know he's the voice of the Flash. 
Well, that I don't know. He's Lex Luthor in Smallville. That I only know because that was a big thing you talked about in Sorority Boys. Fun fact. Fun fact. He plays the Flash, and in an episode, he body swaps with Lex Luthor. Is that a thing the Flash does? No, no, it's a thing that just happened in that specific episode. It has one of the greatest moments ever. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this ever, but it's the cartoon. He body swaps, and Lex Luthor's like Barry Allen the Flash, and he's like, ha-ha! Finally, I can see now the true identity of who the Flash is. And he goes to the mirror, rips off the you know the cowl, and he just looks at this face for a solid moment, quiet, and he just goes, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it was. And it's just a meta thing of, you know, the guy who's known for playing Lex Luthor is also known for playing Barry Allen, The Flash, and then he has an episode where he body swaps with Lex Luthor, so it's kind of okay. meta in that regard. And um, you know, So it's funny on its own, but it's also funny for a meta reason. Yeah, it's funny in terms of behind-the-scenes acting reason. Now, this is where I think the film became unappreciated. don't know about you guys, but I felt that this was a bit of a wasted opportunity because she gets pooped on. And, you know, we love animal poop jokes. Check out our Mystery Box episode on Mr. Bones. But... <laughs> This is a ruined animal poop joke because she's wearing a big hat. Yeah, big shield, basically. And really, it kind of ruins it. Like, it would have been better if it did it, like, on him where it gone in her, her eye. Yeah, it, it hit um the it hit Reggie. Yeah, and he's like, that hit film. me, blah, blah, blah rinse, and, rinse, lather, and repeat. And, and, but with her, it's like a big hat. It's kind of like, this is why it's unappreciated. They ruined the simplest joke that you can do. Animal poop joke. And I think that's why it's unappreciated. That alone. Well, the everything else about it, pitch perfect. Well, the fly farted in the espresso. The espresso. He did. You did. He did do that. Yeah, he what was about expressing himself? What about you guys? Clarified. What do you think about this? Is unappreciated. Like, why isn't this appreciated? I mean, a lot of people talk about the remember this film, even if they haven't seen it. Like myself, I remembered it. Yeah. Well, it's a bad film. <laughs> imagine if imagine if I was being serious in our 100th episode you reveal that we only review bad films and pretend that we love them as, as if we do 100 episodes 100 pretending. of that yeah bullshit yeah. yeah in our episode of Zasora we said we didn't like it so there we go that was the one time we pretended alright yeah we love that film yeah I gave it 5 stars in the episode yeah you did people need us remember that but what do you think I think it might just be because you know this is tech. This is technically like a sports film about an underdog achieving, and it's been done before. I think it's fantastic that it's being done in this unique way, where it's talking animals instead of you know humans. Because this is this is a thing about a lot of people who who proclaim their love for animals. They they tend to not like humans very much. <sighs> I hate those cunts. It's like, oh, animal rights, they're so great. What about human rights? Yeah, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yes. Well, Ryan, also, don't you know that all lives matter? You're right. Including white and blue lives? (laughs) What about yellow lives? I mean, I guess. Not many people like The Simpsons anymore, so... (laughs) I guess some people do. (laughs) <laughs> just, just, yeah, that was good. That was good. I'm just laughing. You're okay. funny. Just, I'm after a hundred episodes. It. I'm admitting a guilty secret, which is I find Bartek funny sometimes. On the rare occasion, he's funny. Thank you, Ryan. And that would be in my <laughs> iTunes review. <laughs> Five stars. 
Ryan's hilarious, but sometimes I do find Bartek funny. But, and then tear face. Because Bartek's the one who likes the the self deprecation stuff. Oh, do you? And Ryan, oh, I just thought you were a real downer. No, it's 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 all in good fun. 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 Well, Bartek, the thinking of the movie is sports ruined it, huh? Sorry? The sinking of the movie because it was sports. Well, I do remember that in the Roger Ebert review, he was basically saying things like, oh, yeah, kids will like it because, you know, kids can kind of just watch anything. For the parents, there's nothing really there. And ultimately, it's a don't go to the theatres to see it. Just go to the video store and it'll pass a few hours. Well, what a dummy. What about you, Will? What do you think sunk the film? What do you think made this film just forgotten? Hmm. Now the film's over in its quick running time. Well, you know, it's like you said earlier, Ryan, it's sort of towards the end of the golden age of Frankie Muniz. So, but he's actually, even though when he's in it, he's very, very good. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. But five stars. He's not in it too much. And maybe that puts some people off. The scenes where he's not in are also still good. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you don't get that much of the Munez in this film, even though he's the lead. Maybe that puts some people off and they miss uh, they miss the beauty of the film for that reason. They do. Yeah. And will distracted. And will. And, and you can turn this answer into your, your review if you want. Despite the fact that Frankie Munez isn't in all of the film, what makes it great? Hmm. Yeah, make this part of your view, man. I like animals. This film had animals. H- hold on. It- Steve Munn was the head zebra trainer? Steve Munn? Ooh. From Bringing Down the House? Wow, I, I should have put him on the list. Yeah, man. Didn't we- realise. <laughs> you know, I mean, they are kind of common names, so, you know, it could just be a different Steve No, no, it's Steve Munn. I mean, it would be funny. The famous was. comedian, Steve Munn, in his spare time, trains zebras. Did you Did you check the map? He might do that. Let me check the map. Don't see it. Let me grab that VHS. Oh, no, look, look under South Korea. Oh, my God. It is Steve Munn. But just to be sure, I've got a videotape here from Orson Welles saying that it is him. Let me just put it in. Oh, 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 oh. Let me take it out a bit. Let me just wind up the, the tape here. It's, it got jammed a little bit. Okay, good, good. Let's put it in. Yeah, it is Steve Martin, but is that a is that a Bengal cat over there? Like, where do you get a Bengal cat from? I, I you know, it's a bit weird, I think. Classic Orson Welles. When he was a very young man, he said that. <laughs> you sound like me. It's so similar. <laughs> I'm not saying that in 40 years' time you're going to grow up to be a, a fat, sad, drunk who made the biggest film ever made, the best film ever made, and you're doing wine commercials. Wait, best film ever made? But Ryan, you said that this is our top 100 movies ever, and Citizen Kane isn't one of the films that we have done on Unappreciated Masterpieces. Did you not know? No. Did we do Citizen Kane did, at No, some did, point? You, did you not know that Orson Welles made this film? <laughs> <laughs> but in the first interview, he said he'd heard of it. <laughs> yeah, because he fucking made it. I guess yeah. Then you, you fucking idiot. Will you were saying so? We got interrupting of you. You were saying Frankie's great. Well, the I mean, film's that, great. That's the sort of thing. I mean, Orson Welles had such an interesting life. At at first he was Bartek, and then he slowly transitioned to Morgan Freeman. It was, it was, it was after the Bengal cat incident. Yeah. Um. But what'd you call it? I like animals. I told you before. 
Are you one of the people that hate favorite? humans? Uh, well, he isn't one himself, so he can't judge us. No, no, they're okay. They're okay. Okay, okay that's good. And what do you call this film? Had animals. It had a goat in it. I said earlier that was my favorite barnyard animal. I'll uh, I'll give it a ten out of ten. I think that's fair. There's 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 layers here. There's richness here. There's deep themes. And if you just give it some time to seep into you, I mean, you probably have to watch it twice, three times, maybe about sixteen. Mm, that's one of the recurring gags. Seep. Well, I'm on three at this point. Once it gets once it seeps into you, then you'll love it. You know, Will, you should, uh, when you get home, you should watch Prince Pairs of the Sands of Time because that has ostriches in it. Yeah, and, 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 Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Bartek, let's hear from you and your review. And Mr. Molina, first name Alfred. <clears throat> and that is Miss Molina, first scene. I cried. I did. This film was better than I remembered because I remember watching it. <laughs> I don't remember remembering it but I remember watching it and thinking that was a decent film I remember watching it and thinking maybe I could become a good racehorse myself now I tried and I came consistently second last in all the 1.6k runs we did in PE because my friend who walked with me most of it uh, just you know stood behind when I went to the end because by the end the teacher's like come on come on run to the end I'm like oh, okay I'll run at this ending part <laughs> Um, was this friend Reese? No, I didn't know Reese around the time I was doing PE. Reese was in my post PE classes. Life. And just to clarify, Reese is a guest we've had on many episodes of the show. And also to clarify, Reese is too competitive to just not want to win. Yes, and Reese. I was hoping there'd be more connections. And Reese is the aforementioned acrophobic. Not acrophobic. Arachnophobic. No, he's, he's afraid of tiny holes in large locations. Silly Bartek, he said the fear of heights instead of the fear of spiders. Yes, yes he did. Are you acrophobic, Ryan? No. No? Okay. No, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm afraid of no man or woman. Well, Will's not a man, so you afraid I'm of him? I'm fucking afraid of what he is. <laughs> he could be some kind of deity. Well, he is the de- the god of blaspheme. And of Camberwell in uh, Gods of Egypt episode. Yes. I think that this film will make you cry. Now, when I say you, you're probably thinking, oh, who's he talking about? But I'm clearly talking about you. Whoever hears me talking, you are you. I am, I am me, but when I listen to this episode eventually, I will be you. I cried you cried we cried and when we watch the film again and again and again we will cry more and that is why our hair will be wet (laughs) if i had to give this film a rating i have to give it a well subdivide me and give me another copy of the film please because I'm going to watch two at the same time you know it's really funny Yeah. that whole speech that you just gave at the end about like you know crying it sounded like a coat of arms for our show you cry <laughs> I cry we all cry I was, thinking of, I was actually thinking of Ali G when I said that well I'm going to give my review now this is going to be my 100th review that's just fucking whack the official hundredth review and here's my review ah uh, 
It's I be live un- in Rockland, California, <laughs> and I've seen the film Striping Race. I'm kidding. I would love if I had written out a full Tylerly Jewel review, but no. Here's- Silly, Ryan. IMDb reviews are a thing of the past. I am coming here to say this. Racing Stripes is the 100th episode we've had to watch, and it's the 100th greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Of course, I'm speaking in chronological order. Uh, I'm not saying that it is the least out of those. It's the 100th thing that's the greatest thing ever. I have seen 100 great things. 101, technically, but yes, 100. 100 and a half great things. Yes. And this is definitely one of them. It is great. Can I say great again? Because I'm going to. It's great. If I have one singular complaint, is not enough Munez. Not enough Screech. No Screech? Heck, I didn't see Paul Giamatti in blue in this movie. Is this Big Fat Liar I got on? What do you mean it's not Big Fat Liar? Weird. I thought we were doing Big Fat Liar. If I have to give this a rating... I would have to give it the, if I had to, which is also something that's a cliche of our show, is me saying if I have to give this a rating, like, do I? I don't know where that started. I think it was was just just me trying to fill time in while I think of a rating, and then it just has stuck forever. If I have to give this a rating... Cover your ears, everyone. It's going to be, if I have to give this a rating out of, here's my rating. (laughs) That's my rating. Bartek. Ah, oh, sorry, Will and I's sorry. party hats touched, and Ryan, now I'm pregnant. Ryan, you didn't pregnant. establish we were wearing party hats. Well, now they know. Mm. But you're not, Bartek. Yeah, no, you're no, fucking no. not. Put yours back on. Well, mine's this one. Now put more on. Don't Bloody put me more hell, on. Put Here, on. I'm going to put one on the microphone. Here you go, microphone. Did that? Oh, we're gone. And now we're back. Could you not hear anything? And we're back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bartek. You have comments from the YouTube, and William, you are so lovely as to get some reviews from IMDb. Yes, yes. Well, let's go with some from Bartek, and then we'll ask you and to read some. what did you some. bring, Ryan? And I brought... Well, you my, brought the rooms, didn't you? I brought the list of actors and, and their Academy Award winning performances. And I brought the music for the readout. Yeah, but we're a team. We are? Yeah. There's no I in team. I'm doing my team work right now for you, which is telling you to read some from YouTube. YouTube? Yeah. You mean YouTube comments from the trailer of the film Racing Stripes? From 2005 with Frankie Muniz? Where real people give real opinions on a really, really video? Yeah. Really video. That's that's exactly it. I'm going to read the comments. And Ryan, you can tell me at any point to stop. Okay. So that Will can read an IMDb review. comment, yeah. Yes. Review. Okay. The first one is the one with the most responses. Okay, it stop. Is... Will! <laughs> That's an old gag that I used to do as well. You would tell me to do this, I'd do it automatically. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know what? I am actually very happy that I didn't really get interrupted this episode. Yeah. Like, as a joke, it doesn't count, but, like, for real. For real, yeah. I will not interrupt you. Go on. Yep. The, the comments are back and forth between the original commenter and a responder. I love them. The initial comment is R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan and Fred Thompson. Yeah. And the first response is just a sad face. Yeah. The original commenter responded... Do you miss them? I do. And then the responder said, they were great actors. 
Okay. And the original commenter responded with, Do you want a Racing Stripes 2? I do, man. The responder said, I don't think so. The first was oh. good. The original <laughs> commenter said, Why? The responder said, It's because of the nostalgia. And the original commenter says, Question mark. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. You have that conversation play out, but you have, like, f- a funeral in the background. <laughs> <laughs> And it's the priest talking to like the I can son. S- I can see, I can see Tarantino <laughs> directing this scene. Yeah, I just need a couple, throw in a couple more niggers and fuck motherfuckers in there, and it'll be Tarantino, hundred percent. Give and us Samuel another. Samuel L. Jackson narrating. Oh yeah, give yeah. us another. And a foot fetish scene. <laughs> well, we see hooves in the film, so. <laughs> the initial comment of this next comment thread is. Who let the zebras out? <laughs> that reminds me of, you know... And the response is almost like, Who let the dogs out by Baja men? Yeah. They, the, the responder got it, right? They got it. Yeah. It reminds me of... Didn't we do a film where Who Let the Dogs Out was a major song played in Was it? that not in the film where Buzz Lightyear turns into a dog? <laughs> yes, it was in the film in which Tom Hanks turned into a dog. I'm kidding. I knew it was, I knew it was Tim Allen. William, William, yes. can I call you Billy? Only yeah. if he can call you Rhinesworth. <laughs> you in fact can call me Billy Bob because my name's William Roberts. So Billy Bob Billy Brooks. Bob. Billy Bob Brooks. What did IMDb have to give us in this golden shower of information? Well, I'm just gonna read. Them <laughs> we'll pull you in out of order. folders. <laughs> Will has folders upon folders of IMDb reviews. It's, uh, it's every single one. Alright. Watch Stripes Run by, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm terrible with South Asian names, Fan Nigai Vasan. I love Fan Nigai Vasan. Though I have been a dedicated visitor to IMDb since I have heard about it first in 2000, this is my first user comment for a movie, and I am very proud to give it for Racing Stripes. What shall I say about this movie? Talking animals, American humour, words, phrases, and scenes which need to be in a racing movie. Is that all? No. No. This is the story of a zebra who, with the help of his animal friends and love of the daughter of his master, achieves the unthinkable, a race against the horses. (laughs) With a single zebra, these people have woven and created a celluloid which comes with ounces and ounces of passion, all for free, right from the first scene where Stripes is introduced until the last flash of the race. Passion is one word which we, with which we are gripped. Stripes, the hero of the movie, steals our hearts with its innocent expressions, cute barking, <laughs> and an iron-fisted ambition. A humble movie with a great animal team, good actors, visual effects, applaudable cinematography, and editing. Wait, there is something I, which I am missing, yes. Those unmistakable moments when the sounds and visuals speak to us, 
flashes, slow motion, brilliant ups and downs of music, and much, much more, which made all those animals' expressions visible and audible even when they don't speak. Wow. The shot-by-shot translation of the moods and motivation for the racing zebra build the whole movie. Leave all to your imagination. Watch Stripes begin that run, those minutes. I couldn't close my eyelids for even a routine blink. (laughs) Not even for a routine blink. Bartek, was YouTube as enthusiastic as that individual? All I can say is thank God we don't do IMDb reviews anymore because YouTube is where it's really at. Thank Christ. Not Christ. YouTube. Thank... I don't know who's running YouTube right now, so I'm going to say... probably Google. Keemstar. Thanks, Keemstar. Drama alert. Go on. Thank you. Haha, what? Never heard of this movie. Stumbled upon this trailer by accident. Are those two flies the stars of this picture? They sure look like they are, judging by this trailer, colon D. The response is, no, the main characters are the zebra and his owner. However, the flies do appear a lot throughout the movie, smiley face. And the response is, Ahaha, me too. Was repainting an old diecast car and looked up racing stripe templates. This showed up. I'm glad they chucked that piece of information in. It's because they racing thought stripes was about re- racing cars with stripes. No, racing stripes is a film that can be related to any artistic profession, including yeah. simply repainting your car. Yeah. Do you have another one? Do I have another one, Ryan? They don't end. I well, they do, but I and you know I've. Got what are you saying? This podcast so. is going to end. Oh yeah, yeah. And this is where I cut cut it off and music plays. Mm-hmm. Say like Sopranos. <clears throat> I'm writing a Racing Stripes sequel, which is a mutual story about Stripes and my character, Jack St. Clyde. I hope Frederick Duchow will not mind if I do. I hope he does. The first response is, wow. I agree. The second response is, Lamal, this movie forgotten already anyway, no one interested. And the original commenter responds with, how could race? T- Sorry. How could racing stripes be a Lamal movie? And how could no one be interested? I'm sad too. You know, just because you mentioned the Sopranos, I just want to give a shout out to the fact that Goose was in the Sopranos as one of the major antagonists. A pelican in the show like that. Yeah. Okay. They whatever. couldn't kill him because he was a made man. Will. And he pooped on the guns, right? Look, you have to actually see Sopranos. That character does lots of crazy shit. Like, no joke. He does crazy fucking shit. Ralphie. Ralphie's like a made man and they can't do anything against him because if they do, they're going to start like a full-on mob war. But he's like a fucking sociopathic arsehole. I'm tagging out to Will. (laughs) Alright, it's back to the reviews. Not this shitty YouTube stuff. Ooh, that Will! Ooh, it's getting hostile. Oh, was that Cool Cat? (laughs) Funny movie... And I liked The Mailman by Bugaloo406. Thanks, Bugaloo. I thought this was a very funny movie. I laughed a lot and don't think that the jokes were too much. Maybe the pecker joke. Someone said that the first 20 minutes were slow, but okay to get used to the animation. But I think the animation was done really well, and the race with The Mailman is in there as well. 
<laughs> the mailman was very cool. My father is a mailman, but this one is <laughs> a lot more fun and hotter. I would like to see more with him. Hopefully, he will be in more films. He wasn't, but here's the thing: he, the he's relation, hotter. He's hotter. Because he's never finds their dad hot. Could have been a little better, but the father and the zebra are nice together with the training. The story is a lot of fun for kids and families. My five-year-old loved it. The horses are really beautiful, and so is the zebra, especially as a baby. I have never been to Kentucky, but I did not know it was not made in America. It looks beautiful. Okay. All around, you will like this movie. I like that review. Bartek, was YouTube as enthusiastic about how unhandsome their father is in comparison to a fictionalized mailman? Yes, and it doesn't stink like the IMDb's. <gasps> and this is when I throw you guys all off and have Amazon reviews. <laughs> Rotten Tomato, like, mini reviews. Mm. I think this is fresh. I think it's fresh. I think it's rotten. No, blah, blah. I thought it was going to be those movies. But when they showed that zebra, I was like, what the heck? Dear God, what a twist. I I understood literally nothing of what they were trying to communicate, but I kind of well, right, got right, it. Right, right, I kind of right. got it, the, you know? The word heck had a, cap, it was, it had a capital H. Yeah. Does it make sense now? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nailed it. I'm watching this right now for the first time, and it's a really good movie. And they add in two different heart emotes at the end there. Oh, good. And the response is, yes, it is! And six thumbs up emotes. That's Ooh. six. That's more than the humans have hands. That's right. a lot of thumbs. I have two more comments, no responses. Well, can Will read his last review? Okay, sure. Favoritism <laughs> for me. No, for thing. me. <laughs> I like animal mo- Animals movie. <laughs> Hinomaru8645. He is not a house, but he has a dream. One stormy night, a circus leaves Baby Zebra behind. He is helped by Channing Walsh, who is house trainer. Her family called him Strops, and he wants to be a first-class horse. He is not a horse, so his rivals tease him, but his friends and Channing cheer him up, and the final race is begun. I thought this movie is just a happy ending story. He becomes a winner and the end. But after I watched it, I want to say thank you to my friends. This movie poignant me and tell how important my family, friends, and my existence. This movie is going to release 17th of November on TV in Japan. I want to watch it again and get courage. You and your friends... Family are going to be heartwarming people. Gunbutter Hero Maru. I love Will didn't mention, but Strops heart. is in quotation marks. <laughs> That's his name. Strops. <laughs> like, 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 I love races. I like Strops. Bartek, YouTube has the final killer blows. Let's get him. Yeah, it's like Tekken. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> While the human actors did amazing. The talking animal scenes are fucking awful. The movie had a great idea and something new. 
And then they add talking animals, dated 2000s jokes, poop jokes, burp and fart jokes. For something I used to adore as a kid, this movie doesn't hold up and I can see why people forgot about it. Ah, the things that age does to ya. This person... Can I just say one thing? Fuck you! Fuck you! I hate you! Get out of my fucking YouTube section! I don't like that guy! Who was that? Can I get his address? I can... I'm not saying that in one hundredth episode I'm gonna commit a murder. But arson's definitely in the list. Well, I mean, you murdered someone in an episode the other year, so... Yeah, I said 100th episode. Yeah. That wasn't the 100th episode. Yeah. Unless you rearrange the chronology of our episodes. Mm. And any episode could be our 100th episode, and our first. You know, last week when we were doing Centrinians, it was really fun, Ryan. Man, <laughs> do you remember, like, last... Like, the week before... When we did Chicken Little, our first animated movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Go Wait, on. was that the first animated film? Yeah. Didn't we do Shark Tale first? You're right. You're right. Right after we did Anastasia. That's right. Yes, yes. And, oh yeah, we didn't get around to Finding Nemo yet. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. No, Finding Dory, obviously. Finding Dory, yeah. yeah obviously. <laughs> You don't even know who you're finding, Bartek. No wonder you haven't found them. Well, he's going to find the last comment now. Yep, just give me a second to look for it. Alright. <clears throat> I thought it was going to be one of those... Oh, wait, I've read this one. Um, oh. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> who let the zebras out? Who, who, who? WTF? Ha, 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 ha. That's epic! Less than three, which is a heart. Ooh. You got it. You know... That previous person I told to fuck off, you get the opposite of that. Fuck on. Get on me and fuck me with that comment, because that was so good that I'm about to orgasm. It wasn't good, Ryan. It was epic. It was epic. I'm about to orgasm. Oh, that was epic. I'm, I'm about to... Oh! There we go. That was an epic... Uh. Now, guys, you guys, have all, as always, have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people. It's so great that... Wait, as always, Ryan? As always. You know, Whoa, you, that's a hundred episodes of being amazing. You guys have stuck with us for a hundred episodes, or some of you have just joined us, and you can go back and look at the stuff we've done, or you can join us for the future. Or not. I'm not pressuring you to listen to all 100 episodes and the other episodes of our other show, The Mystery Box, but it would be neat of you if you did. Will... It is a pleasure to have you on the show. I've said this in the past. You are one of my favorite guests to have on. Was I on point today, Bartek? Mm, yes. Now, good. ask that again, Will. Was I on point today, Bartek? Now, Will. That's, uh, Bartek, that's Will. Yeah. Now, now give your answer. Do you want me to give a different answer to the one before? The well, same I one? told you it's Will. Yeah. Who, who asked you, so you have to say now what your answer is. <clears throat> your will. Nailed it. <laughs> you guys, as always, you should remember to be kind to each other in all the 100 episodes that we've done. I've always tried to remind you to do that because a part of the reason I say that is I've never really gone deep into why I've, I've said that to you but it's because people haven't been kind to each other 
with these movies. People that were involved in the movies, involved in distributing the movies, or involved seeing the movies, supporting the movies. They weren't kind to each other because that's why they're unappreciated. And if we're all kind to each other, there won't be an unappreciated form of art in general. All art will be held in high esteem. And that's a part of the reason of why I say it, other than it's just something that I like to say. Man, it's a reference to Tommy Rousseau as well. Yeah. If everybody loved each other, the world will be a better place. That's actually not the reason why I've ever said it. <laughs> I know. Maybe unconsciously. <laughs> now, Ryan, <laughs> at the end of episodes, you know, I usually pro- prompt a... Uh, Closing, like a cold ending, a little yeah. gaggy kind of thing. Gag me. Gag you? Okay. And that was, that was, that was dirty. But since we have Will here, we have to do something with Will. Okay, let's gag Will. <laughs> this is dirty. What do you want yeah, to do to Will? That, getting, what do you want to do that ain't dirty? This is getting a bit blue. I can't think of anything. It's a hundred episodes. That means a hundred times I have to. Think. You know what I think we should do? You do this with Reese, but let's do it with Will. Let's do improvisation stories. Oh, the word at a time thing. Word at a time story. Will you know this? Oh yeah. And let's specify what the topic's going to be. Okay. It has to be involving at a good portion of it the film we just watched, Racing Stripes. Ah. So it can involve zebras. It can involve horse racing. Okay. So I'll start. Frankie Munez is the strokes. <laughs> fucking <laughs> strokes! That's two words. No, it's just one. You I said fucking strokes. strokes. I can't cope with strokes. I don't know how to respond to strokes.